This is The Gem on the Queen's Crown, a podcast talking about Cincinnati and Dayton, Ohio sports. Here's the host, Lee W. Mowen. Welcome back to the Roundtable on the Gem of the Queen's Crown for episode number 17. This podcast is available on iTunes and your favorite podcasting app on the iOS system. Google Play, TuneIn, the iHeartRadio app, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, StreamPod.net, and two new editions, CastBox and Podbean. And you can also hear it on my website, theleewmountain.com, and the host website, gemcitysports.com. And on the Roundtable today, we got again Mark Schlemmer across from me. Comrade Ortez to my left and Big E towards my right. Gentlemen, how fair you? Good morning. Morning, Lee. Morning, morning. I'm very excited because last week's roundtable was, I think, a very big success. And Mark, what did you think about last week? It was a lot of fun. It, it, as we talked before, it got people involved. Um, we'll do more of these maybe one a week, depending on how it goes. But it's good to see some old faces here. Uh, Tony Crusoe got caught up at UD. He couldn't get here and the most interesting man in Dayton, the SEC commissioner, Mr. McKinney, I, I'm assuming must have got caught up or he got held for ransom. We haven't seen him yet. We actually had two females scheduled the last two weeks. Yeah. And they both have been abducted or A-wall. tied up. AWOL. But as you said, we have a little better known as Big E to everybody in, in this part of the world. And the one and only, John Ortiz. This is the you're the one everybody keeps waiting to hear. Well, I'm here now. No, no, you got to get close to the microphone now. Yeah. I'm here now. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, no, this last week was a lot of fun. Um, and as you guys both know from the show many years ago, the people are what made it what it was. You guys are what made the show work, successful, funny. And that's what we're trying to do is get more people involved. Let them let them have fun with this. And last week was fun. It brought back a lot of old memories. I know that. Yeah, it was a lot of fun listening back to all the memories of your show, Mark. It was, it was a lot of fun. We got to a couple of topics, and all in all, it was about two hours of sports talk, a great local sports talk here on this podcast. We mixed in a little bit of conversation, but most of it was. And I'll ask these guys, like I asked Tony and the guys last week, what's the fondest memories you had of the old show, both of you? Uh, mine was Jeff and Belleville. <laughs> you know what? People still ask me whatever happened to him. That was on a that was on a Friday Friday night, and I forget you had the lawyer there. Nate the legal analyst was yeah, there. So he was there, and we were swearing off the Reds because because they were, they were horrible. He wasn't spending <laughs> any money. He he came on and took and they gave him an oath to swear off the Reds. And I was talking to your engineer at the time, and I couldn't even breathe. I was laughing so hard. He was trying to ask me questions. For people who don't remember this, Jeff was originally Jeff from Bellbrook, and then I think it became Jeff from Centerville. But I think he had, I don't know what kind of, I don't want to say disease. That's not right. Some kind of medical issue. Um, it was He was a good caller. It just took him a while to get words out. And he was good, but I remember, yeah, you guys made him swear those <laughs> off the reds. <laughs> it, it, it made me cry. There was a lot of 
there were a lot of people who made me cry on that show. But you were telling a story earlier before we went on, and you've told this story before, and I know John's gone through the same thing, where you guys would be in public, and people would just hear your voice, and they'd know you immediately, who you were by that. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I was at Kroger's in Xenia, back to Delicatessen, and there was this big guy standing beside me. Wait a minute, a brown span, 400 pounds? I find that shocking. <laughs> Did he have a deal or an art tattoo? Actually, but I can remember he's big red-headed fellow. But uh, I ordered my food from the delicatessen, and he's like, hey, I know who you are. You do? And you're, you're on that radio show, that, that sports talk show. You're Big E's. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe somebody red so I called Mark immediately. You're not going to believe on that. I got that quite a bit. I had a vice president where I worked. I worked at Dave Power Life, and a vice president came up one day and said, Are you big? I sure am. And I love that show. I, never, I want to listen to it every night on the way home from work. Well, Comrade got that. Miss Bustle, he got in trouble for listening. <laughs> I got in trouble and was told that I had to pull over if I if if I called in anymore. So I'd take a 15-minute break and pull over. And I would go in places every day, and people would tell me exactly what I did. After I hit the mailbox, I bet about 15 of my customers in two days would just saw me and just started laughing and asked me if I told my wife yet. And I said, well, I told her a story, but wasn't the right one. It kept going like that and kept going like that. And I got to listen to Mark's show by accident. I was just tuning through the radio because I drove all day. And I said, this is something. This is going to go. This is what we miss. This is Bob Trumpy-like. This is what sports talk is supposed to be. And after that, I was hooked. And I met so many great people. And like I said, it was a family. We all knew each other's name. We waited for calls, and we knew what people were going to say, and nobody cared what they said. Well, it was about as much fun as you can have with your clothes on, that's for sure. Well, Some I of the remotes, I don't know if we left those <laughs> on either. Well, let's don't go there, guys. <laughs> I think I think one thing John said was very true, the, especially remotes. A lot of times people didn't know each other until they actually got to a remote. And from where I was at, you always saw them come in, and you always had a – weird belly feeling going uh-oh how are they gonna mingle and invariably it was like magnets they'd go right to each other and it just turned into a big family i mean no matter where we went and you guys were damn near all of them it was a it was a happening remember steve uh, from springboro out at out at the playmore <laughs> on that so but what's really funny is when people come in you'd see them and you think that's not what i thought they would look like or <laughs> yeah. sound like and the same with Steve from Springboro. My wife looked at him and she goes, man, all that hair. And I just laughed. That was just on his shoulders. He came in the studio for his birthday. When we let him come in for his birthday, I got a call from downstairs. Who's this hairy guy down here in the lobby? He stood out. He was a good guy, and he drank uh, Bud Light Bud Light with Bud lime. Bud Light Lime yep. with an umbrella. Yeah, sure Gentlemen, did. there ain't nothing wrong with Bud Light Lime, because I drink that, too. Well, hell, there wasn't when he was around. He'd beat the tar out of it if you made fun of it. Yeah. <laughs> of course, when he was around, I never be able to get one, because he drank them all. 
he did. He was a hell of a customer for a lot of our people. I guess I I got a good compliment from him. He told me one time that uh, you're one of two Bengal fans that I like. That's because you were a union guy. <laughs> that could have been it. Oh, he was he was one of the men. But there was so many of the like you said, both of you said the people were the family, and still, yeah. even on a Facebook page, and somehow we just crossed ninety thousand comments the other day on a Facebook page. That's the same thing that we had on the air was that family atmosphere. Well, I remember a Sunday morning when you had Steve on, and he he had a brother that was really really sick, and I think he passed away. And, I uh, do remember that. Him yeah, and I, him and yeah. I could identify because I lost a brother right about the same time, and it was heartfelt. You know, when you talk. That about was it. the one thing. No matter how much people would go at each other. When it came down to reality like that, yeah. people came together. It was it was that family, and it still is. I mean, they can kill each other on the page and on the air. And we talked about last week the people we've lost, Hera Clara. Amish Leprechaun, John, I don't know if you ever found him either. Tony thought he might have passed away. I tried to find him, and I asked around, and nobody has seen him. And he was always a fixture around UD. I think he might have got eaten by his cats. That of that green beard caught up with him. We had so many fun characters, and and really still did, or still do, I should say. And I, that's what the area misses more than anything is just that camaraderie from everybody. You know, right now, and God, that was that was so much fun. Well, I remember you started getting like sixty five, sixty five, sixty calls a night. When and, I started there, we had that. we had two phone lines. One was the hotline and then another one when i like the second third week we had seven lines put in and they were full usually from before the tank the show started until the end i think the record was a night ocho clowno came on and i was trying to get as many as i could i think we went over 100 that night big play bengal was a board op it about blew him up but we used to average 60 65 a night when we'd have a board op in there that wanted to answer the phone Unfortunately, a lot of times it would ring and ring and ring, and they got tired of trying to answer them and dropped. I think the first time I paid attention to Comrade Ortez was the night that they were making the decision for Archie Miller to come to UD. That was a pretty testy show, too. There were a lot of testy shows. You got all kinds of opinions that night. Yeah, you do. And like Mark was saying, you know, I remember first starting to listen to the show, and I would go in places that, at one time, you'd go in there, they'd have music on, or they'd have WLW. Well, not anymore. They had Mark shows on. And I would go in nursing homes, there'd be four or five guys sitting around the radio listening to him. And then I thought, well, you know, this is catching on. Everybody's listening, and more and more people knew who you were, and they talked to you about it, and they, you know, what's your opinion about this, and what's your opinion about that? And it just took off like crazy. I think the one thing that made it what it was, and, and we talked about it before, I think, this is where the sports talk people forget today. It's called a sports talk show for a reason. It's not to listen to me or the host. It's to be let these people have a place to be heard. They are the stars of the show. And that's where I think a lot of today's people forget that. That's what made our show what it was. That's sure. the only thing I can think of is you, we allowed them to talk. That and the fabulous prizes. 
Playboy <laughs> smelly stuff will go down in history. I am still mad about Mark, that Mark because I never got any of that Playboy stuff. Be happy. I didn't get any of that. I did, I did win a, a Cincinnati Bengals hat from uh, Lids no. one time. It did yeah. keep the flies away. After, after a while, Mark had his favorites. Oh, I never won 12 that. pack. I, I never won that pizza either. I wonder why. Oh my you God. didn't win. <laughs> my, yeah. mother, my mother was tremendous at that game. I will tell you that. 12 pack was that was really special. I mean, this guy came on and and he was dealing with with I think some addiction. We yeah. laughed and at that last week where he said, "No, I'll take three beers to the store to get six. Oh, he was he was. <laughs> now, John, you see him occasionally, right? He is completely different. The guy walks with a a great attitude now. Just his whole being, you can tell he's happy with himself. I got to know him later, and and he was a fantastic fellow to get yes. to know. But Mark helped him. Mark. Mark encouraged him. I mean, he was funny. He would come on, and you could tell that he had been drinking and stuff, and he would come on the air, and it was a riot to listen to, but at the same time, there was something saying, you know, this guy needs some help, and Mark jumped in with him, and I think you turned him around quite a bit. He used to threaten to beat his ass if he quit drinking. Yeah. <laughs> well, listen to the best damn sports show there, there is. <laughs> That's you know, him. You know, Mark, there was another one in Cincinnati that you helped, and I can't remember what the guy's um, name was. Well, Mike from Fairfield used to call in. Right. Uh, actually, that was Andy Furman helped, and, and Lance got involved. But you helped, too. They did a lot of legwork when he was on the street and, and stuff. But, you know, those are the things that I look back on now, and I, and I guess I don't – I don't want to say I don't appreciate it. That's not the right word. But you don't think about it until now when you're doing a show like this, and then you think back and go, oh, yeah, you forget about that. And But people like that. And, again, it wasn't – it wasn't just me. You guys were involved in that as well as the rest of the, the family. People get involved and help people like that. And 12-pack, yeah, I'm happy to say as far as I know, he's still drinking his iced tea. I saw him two weeks ago. I was over getting uh, – he lives by the famous recipe in Miamisburg, and I saw him going to his apartment. I waved at him, and he looked like he was really happy. Matter of fact, I think he had a girl with him. I'm not oh, sure. come on, man. That's scary. I don't even have a date. <laughs> come on. That's because you're too picky, Did, he, did he have a sign still holding up, stay right there? <laughs> stay right there. Right From the looks of her, I would have told her to stay right there. <laughs> well, Pack, he may be a star. We just don't know that. Some guys are. I don't know. Well, let's get into some sports conversation. Some of the hottest Sounds things good. going on, obviously. And you were telling me on the way up here, you were listening to LW, and I guess they're raking old Marvy right on over the coals. Yeah, they were tearing him up. They were talking like uh, – he should have been gone Tuesday morning after the Steelers game. And then how can you even have him today? They should be making an announcement. But, like, I'm thinking there's three games left. What good do you do to fire him today? You know, the he only, had, he the only earned, argument I'll make. He should have earned the right to finish the season. I thought of that last night. I think he has learned the respect. I don't, that's the wrong word, too. But he has earned at least the right to finish it out. Because, like it or not, 15 years there to do what he's done. Now, granted, he didn't get over the hump, but he changed the culture. Unfortunately, he's starting to slide back to that culture. But I agree with you. I think he's at least earned that right, play out the string if he wants to. And like you said, what are you going to do? Promote Gunther? Promote another coach? Now, the only thing I would argue with this, and I don't know, you may agree, John. I don't know, you may leave. As bad as things are right now, and this is like with the Reds last year, losing breeds losing. So the longer you leave losing in there, the more the, the players 
cashed out yesterday. You said that, John, yesterday. They they clocked out. They didn't want to tackle. They didn't want any part of anything. So, for me, these next three games, while they don't mean anything, they're homecoming games for the Vikings and the Lions and the Ravens. Are we going to see McCarron? Are we going to see Christian Westerman, the offensive lineman? Are we going to see Redmond, the offensive lineman? Are you going to use these three games to let some of these guys at least show you something? Or is it just going to be mail it in, the cars are running in the parking lot, get the hell out of here as soon as the last game's over? That's the only reason I could say get him out of here now. But I do think, yeah, he's earned the right, but it's going to get ugly. I remember Bill Johnson. Oh, Tiger Bill Johnson. him like with a couple of games left in the year and brought in Homer, Homer Rice. Rice. And that wasn't pretty. Homer was about yeah. minute Rice. Yeah, that yeah. wasn't pretty at all. I'm with you. I think they're mailing it in myself. But Well, yeah. you know what? If you know anything about sports, and I know people are going to say, well, you know, if you watch, you can tell five minutes into a game if this team is in this or not, if they even want to be there. And I can't stand to watch a game where there's no effort put into it. You might get beat by a better team, but God, put the effort in, especially when people are paying good money to come watch you play. What bothered me was it wasn't – I didn't think the tackles were contested. <coughs> they were plays where they spread them out all the way to the sideline, and then they just kind of stopped. It, they weren't difficult plays. They were straight on tackles, and they were just whiff. It's like barbed wire. I don't want to touch this. Yeah, they olayed that uh, Howard number twenty four. Sure reminded my you of the Steelers, sakes. didn't it? Oh my goodness! I, l- I listened to a tiny bit of the first quarter in the it car. It was and ugly. I just, uh, just what was it? Two or three, three and outs to begin the game offensively. The first like, six possessions, they had five punts. I was lucky that I had to work yesterday and call a hockey game because if I had to subject myself to listen to that, I would. The I, only I'd thing that was worse was the Browns game. And as much as we're not Browns fans, we were talking about it earlier, you feel for guys like Bob Wells, for Shane Sheridan, even Steve from Springburg, if he has a piece of furniture left, who knows. But the way they lost that, and I was serious, and I said they'll win three in a row. And they should have won yesterday. But that's Browns football right there. Well, what I have to say about it is I feel sorry for the fans, but I do not feel sorry for the organization. They have been like this for years. And they can blame uh, them leaving and going to Baltimore. That is not. That's way in the past. That is not the fans' fault. That's the past. It happened when they did Jim Brown wrong. They did Paul Brown wrong. And it's continued to build. And they're getting what they deserve. Now, you said any of us, any of the four of us, you play fantasy football. You don't need to play fantasy football. You could find a quarterback in whatever years it's been by accident. You don't keep bypassing them. If nothing else, you find a free agent. That's why I think this coming year, by accident, they should end up with one, whether it's Alex Smith, whether it's Eli Manning, whether it's A.J. McCarron, although you've got a pretty good and interesting thought where he's going. By accident, even if they draft Mayfield or Darnell or whoever, by accident, this team has to find a quarterback. You can't keep whiffing. And somehow they just find ways to whiff. Okay, I have a question to ask. I'm not a big Browns fan, but how many quarterbacks have left the Browns and went somewhere else and did well? Well, Josh McCown's 38, and he's had a decent year with the Jets. He broke his hand yesterday, but he would have been a nice bridge if you're going to try to tutor a guy. Um, outside of that, I'm trying to think. Yeah, most of them just fade away. Yeah, pretty much they play for the Browns and then 
That's it. Brad, you know what? That's an interesting question. I'm trying to think who all they have here. Manziel. But also look at the guys they passed on. Deshaun Watson. Wentz. Wentz. All of them. Um, Yeah, all of them. To me, that's nothing but the whole organization. Well, and I still question Hugh Jackson. You're one in 28-29. Part of that blame's got to go to you. You know, you spent a ton of money on the offensive line. Now, granted, Kaiser and the rest of the clowns, a quarterback. But by accident, you got to beat somebody. Well, I'm in a different feeling. That I feel the coaches get blamed for too much. And they get credit for too much. Well, that's true, too. But, you know, you can't make your players play. Nope. That's, you can't. And, and in any he, sport, you can't. And, and back in our day, when coaches told you something, you did it. These kids now, there's no fear they anymore. They make more money than the coaches do. They're prima donnas from grade school on, and they don't care. They figure somebody else is going to pick them up. What's the old saying? E? You don't fire twenty five players. You fire the coach. Fire the coach. That's right. You don't fire the quarterback. No. You fire the coach. From Angels in the outfield, I can't trade twenty five players. But he's still got to take some of the blame. I haven't seen any continuity out of the ownership, out of the front office, out of coaching well Haslam now says he's going to stay out of the way drafting has been terrible but i'm not knocking the browns i like i said i've got a lot of friends that are browns fans and i feel bad for them now i don't think they felt bad for me when i was gonna say i don't believe feel yeah years, but, but. well e, i agree with you i feel bad for the Browns fans because there's a lot of great guys that are fans i was once a fan of them but the fans can only go so far if the owners don't care you know, and how can a team go into the draft and have four different opinions of who they should take first? How do you draft five quarter or five receivers, one draft, and none of them are still with your team? Well, the one that stuck out to me, and it was, and it got onto your column pretty good that one night with uh, with a macaroni. I won't, I won't say his name. <laughs> <laughs> the boy, it's been he's, exited. Yeah, he's been banished. He has been, yes, he's in the penalty box. But. Uh, the night they drafted Josh Gilbert as their number one choice, and followed it up with, and followed it up with Johnny, Johnny Manziel later. But what they said, they drafted Josh Gilbert, and he was like number five on the defensive back depth chart. And they took him, and they said, "Oh, he's fast, and he he'll cover well. We're going to have to teach him how to tackle." And I'm like, this is a number one draft choice, and you're going to teach him how to tackle? Isn't that one of the things you have to do as a lineman? Kind of a prerequisite. Yeah. How do you you flunk out a tackle 101? Well, he ended up – I remember they said, well, he's going to be a good special teams player now. And next he was with Pittsburgh, and now gone. Pittsburgh was straightening him up, and he's he's not even in in football right now. Well, how in the heck did he get that far if he couldn't tackle? The NFL is built for parity, and the Browns are proving year after year after year – no, it's not. Apparently, they thought he was a good enough athlete, John, that, that he, was we can going, develop he was going him. to learn. Yeah, they were going to develop him. Well, like, you can be an athlete, but there's still some things that you can't do. Yeah. You can either – you either have it or you don't. Now, you can be taught some things, but if you're a number one pick, you better have the full package. Yeah, you're absolutely Now, right. as far as the other football, <laughs> the college football playoffs, which I know you oh boy. have been – Boisterous about that. Ohio State, not in. Okay, here's how I feel about this. Ohio State blew it when they lost to Iowa. I cannot figure out how that happened. I will never figure out how it happened. So they don't have a complaint. The one who really should be complaining is Southern Cal. 
And the reason why is you've got a, a so-called playoff with five major conferences and you've got two conferences represented. No way in the heck should two teams from the SEC be in the playoffs. I don't care what Alabama's done the last 10 years. They got beat. They did not win the conference championship. Ohio State got in last year, and maybe that wasn't right either, but they did have top 10 wins. So what they should have did is they should have put Southern Cal in it. Now, to tell you the truth, I'm not going to watch either game. I have no interest, and I guarantee you that the ratings will be lower than they've ever been. Because the only ones that are going to watch the one is the ones behind underneath the Mason-Dixon line because that's all that's in there. Wisconsin only had one loss. so And I agree with you, but the timing of the loss is really what hurt Wisconsin. They could have been in ahead of USC for the same thing. Didn't, well, didn't hurt them a bit. I just remember, and I think, John, you also brought this up to me a couple of days ago, the commissioner that night of the drawing, title game had no bearing. We had already decided. But I mean, how week, do you do that? But the week before, he said that the difference between number five and number eight was, was very nothing. slight. Okay, and they you had go, already made their mind you up. You go unbeaten in the Big Ten and get shut out? What does that tell you? But yet you've got three top ten teams from the Big Ten. Something makes no sense. Well, you look at it, it's Ohio State, Penn State, and Wisconsin. And, you know, and you can't tell me one of those teams aren't worthy to go. Well, not and, when you have five conferences. You better put some champions in there. Well, they need to change it, or they're going to find out that people aren't going to What's watch. your perfect answer? Now, I posted one today. Harbaugh wants 16. I don't know if I can go 16. Mine is six. You take the five major conferences, and you take the top school. After that, you give a team like Central Michigan a chance. You give a team like Boise State a chance. You, you, you take one of these teams – these guys play football too, and these kids are 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 brought in on scholarship, and they want to play too. Give them a chance. You got four weeks in between. You're still six days away from the first bowl game. Why can't you use these four weeks as a playoff system, as you're saying, maybe for the non-power five to get in to that for the MAC for the whatever? Well, Mark, you can look at it this way. Do you honestly think these teams are going to be as good as they were in four weeks as they were at the end of the no, season? No, and I've always – I never have liked it because you're basically starting over. You might get healthy, but whatever momentum you had is gone. Well, for example, the year that Ohio State and Michigan played each other, you can't tell me those weren't the two top teams in the nation. But you can't be a top four and have to After wait six weeks. weeks before you nope. play. That was six weeks before they played again. That's like spring training all over again. But according to the spokesperson for the uh, BCS that day that they announced the four, his rationale was that no, Alabama is not one of the top four today. But when they get their linebackers and their injured players back, by the time they play those games, they will be one of the top four and maybe the top team in the country. This might make some people mad, but I think it was ESPN, and I think it was Saban calling in favors. SEC is owned by who? ESPN, ESPN Network. And I don't care who I make mad. The SEC is not the top conference in the United States anymore. And you watch guys like Feinberg cry his little cry. Well, let him cry. He's kind of changed his tune, though. Mr. Potato Head's gone from strictly an Alabama homer to ripping into him now. Well, I'll give Alabama their credit. Oh, they're good. They're, they've been elite for eight, nine years. They, they've proved what they're worth. They could but, win it all. 
unfortunately, this year was not the not case. One of them. But you know who I think really, if you look at hindsight, who has the bitch is is the 2015 Ohio State team. They all that talent they had. They lost one game at the end of the year in a rainy day. I was there. They lost one game, and they sat home. Yeah. And all that talent they had. When you lose, timing. It's timing of the loss that kills you. I also understand this hangover of Alabama and Ohio State. Every year these teams are up there. Well, hey, the rest of you recruit and do what you're supposed to do. If you're good and you deserve to be there, I agree. you're there. Be there. I just saw something come across. The Padres are about to sign Zach Cozart. Really? Yeah. Really? Big interest. It just came across on the Reds app. But they I have huge interest. I thought it'd be St. Yeah. Louis, too. It still might be. You saw the Hall of Fame last night. They put Alan Trammell and Jack Morris in. <laughs> okay. I could make an argument for him. But it also said Bench is now on a rant. Where's Concepcion? Well, there's several. Tommy John. Tommy John, not just for his surgery, Jim McCott. But, Mark, yep. how many times have me and you talked about Morris and Cott both? He's a big October. money pitcher. Yes. I don't care how many years he pitched wherever else, he was a money pitcher. And Concepcion should be in there. If Concepcion's not in, Omar Vizquel shouldn't be in yet. Trammell shouldn't be in yet. Concepcion was – he was the guy that made shortstop what it was today. The thing I always have a problem with, and Dave Parker got aced out again, which I'm sure the drug probably did a lot of that. Well, how was, about Murphy? Murphy and Maris are two guys I'll, I still say back-to-back MVPs for both of them. That's good enough for me. The year Murphy had with those lousy Atlanta teams? Maris. I have I have trouble with Maris, not because. Well, the 260 was, average, the but. The 61 home runs is what Roger Maris is so famous for. He was a good, good ball player. He was a good fielder. He yep. didn't, his career was short because, like, in 62, uh, he had a wrist injury, and he was never, ever close to the same. He probably had, like, five peak years. He was overshadowed uh, by Mantle and those guys, too, but. Where I was going with that is their numbers aren't changing. Tommy John's not losing any more games. And the people always bitch about Kyle going, oh, wait a minute. He pitched 40 years. Well, you better be pretty good if you're in the league for 25 years. He won 18 gold gloves. So you did something right. Necro's in. How Necro's long, how in. How long did he pitch? Just you about know. 22. And if you understand, God, I watch Morrison, and he gave his 100% every time he pitched. He's money man. He's and, a money pitcher. And, and these guys went the innings. They weren't crawling off after four and five innings and didn't want the ball. Parker, in or out? Ooh. Parker, for the three good years that I watched him, I ne- never seen anybody make a better throw than he ever made from, from the corner. In the All-Star game. All-Star yep. game. Yeah. He helped that Reds team immensely. And, yeah, he had the cocaine problem. Jesus Christ. So Almost everybody in there. Here. But everybody in there has done something. Dan? He's got better numbers than many that are. Al Oliver? Al Oliver. Hmm. Those numbers are. <laughs> yeah. Aramis Ramirez is coming up. He's got great numbers. I think he'll be. Beltre? I think he'll go. Beltre will probably be first ballot. Vizquel? See, I'm not, no, I'm not, I'm not Viscal. I, I no. can't do it. I'm with you. I don't, I don't put a Viscal in and leave Dave Concepcion out. No way. No way in the world. He, he was the ultimate artificial turf shortstop. He learned he how made to that use that to what his it was. advantage. That yeah. bounce, that bounce and shortstop, he perfected that. 
I saw his first game in 1970, opening day 1970. And, I mean, this guy looked like a pencil. He's like a little kid, you know. Who do you He's share so time thin. with? Do you remember that? Woody, Woody, Woody Woodward. Woodward. Yeah, and and some Daryl Chaney. Ooh. Some, Ooh. the great Daryl Chaney. Yes. But I watched I watched him develop into a hitter, into a good hitter, a, a clutch hitter. I remember he uh, won, hit a home run at the All-Star game, won the MVP yeah, of the All-Star game. He put one up the red game. chairs at yeah. Riverfront, too. Well, and, I remember the home run they hit against Al Habrowski when that was that game. It won a game for the Reds at Oakdale. He turned into a very, very, and he got bigger. <coughs> and the criteria says, did, were you a dominating player for a decade? Yes, Dave, yes, he was. Yes, Dave Concepcion was, and actually more than that for probably about 15 years. Well, the problem with that, though, he's played the same time as Ozzie did. That's the problem. Ozzie couldn't pick up his bat. Nope. No, he couldn't. I think his biggest problem was he played with the Reds. Like a lot of Steelers played with the Steelers, and they get – well, they compared him first. His, the first part of his career, he was compared with Larry Boa. Yeah. And he Which was, is an he insult. Was, he was much better than Larry well, Boa. Well, you remember Ozzie did the backflip and all the press mm-hmm. and Ozzie everything was else. He was icing. All Concepcion did was his job. He did it well. I think the MLB TV network causes a lot of problems for players like Concepcion. They they seem to campaign for different ones. Uh See, I'm not a Kirby Puckett guy. I wasn't a Biggio guy. Now I get it, 3,000 hits. I'm not a Bagwell guy. I'm not a, I'm not a John Smoltz guy. I compare him to Eckersley. They were both successful at closing and starting. Um, Smoltz was another guy, money pitcher. Yeah, I like – I mean, I thought I thought Glavin should have been in. Maddox. Maddox should have been in. But I thought Smoltz was very borderline, and I don't think he would have been in had he not be working for MLB TV Network. I'm sure that probably helped. Mm-hmm. Well, going back to Concepcion, too, you got to understand the way I look at Look who he played with. And they overshadowed him pretty much. I mean, all the, all the guys he played with. He hit down seven in the order. He and Geronimo seven and eight. Mm-hmm. Pretty nice seven, eight hitters. And Geronimo, Geronimo was underrated. Again, oh he got buried with all the stars. He, he made it look so easy out there in center field. The only one of the three outfielders that didn't cash it in. Foster struck it big with the Mets. Griffey went with the Yankees. Geronimo had an arm, and he glided to the ball. Remember yeah. when he was a pitcher with Houston, and they turned him into an outfielder? Uh, no, I don't That's where he that, started. I have no doubt. He was a pitcher with Houston and made him a right fielder. Somebody told me one time that at full speed he had like a nine-foot stride or something in the outfield. All I know is he made it look easy. Oh, yeah. He, I mean, Billy Hamilton covers a lot of ground. A lot. Let of him ground. be a giant soon. But he's running. He, <laughs> he, Let him be anywhere soon. But not he's Cincinnati. really running hard. Geronimo got to balls. And you played with people like that, Mark. Very that effortless. You'd watch them, and you almost would think they were loafing. Ty Griffin is really the guy that comes to mind. What amazed me, Geronimo, he would get to balls. That you thought he couldn't get to, and it was like he was there. A can it was of corn. Easy. Mm-hmm. It was easy. Ty Griffin was a guy that had more natural talent than anybody I've ever played with. But the knock on, he looked lazy, but he wasn't. He was just so fluid and effortless. It just was easy to him. And that knock always hung around his neck. But you're right. You play with guys that just make it look like it's a nothing. Real athletes. Your every your your Reds now. Winter meetings are going on. Where do you see them going? I mean, the meetings like I wrote today. I think they're stuck in Dollar General's parking lot still. But what do you see happening? 
Don't give them that much credit. I think they're stuck in Dollar Tree's parking lot. They, I don't think they're as far away as people think. But I don't think they are either. Look, the numbers are infield and outfield put out. It's their pitching. And they need to invest in one good starting pitcher and let these young kids pitch. But will those numbers happen again? Because they all had career years pretty much, all the hitters, except Ms. Rocco. Uh, Duvall actually came came down a little bit. And he's uh, on the block. He's on the block. That's where I was going, Mark. He's on the block. He and Shepler both. Say the Red Sox have big interest in Duvall since they lost out on Stanford. Yeah, but they're after Schwarber now, too. Because they said the other day the Red Sox have to do something to counteract the Stanton move. I like Duvall as a player. He's a gold glover. I still shake my head how he's been in the finals two years in a row. But is his diabetes wearing him out at the end of the year? Maybe. Well, Duvall is the kind of player that you need to have somebody that you could put in and give him some rest once in a while. Trouble is they don't have that. But that's the problem. They need to get that. But I've been a baseball fan my whole life. I coached for 17 years. But to tell you the truth, I've been first time in my life the last two years I have not been to a game. The last game I went to was we went, yeah. And I bet I watched two Reds games this year. I'm just whole disillusioned with all the Reds. They sold their fans out. They didn't get anything in return. And until they show me something, I will never spend another pay down there. If you're going to go with young pitchers, go with young pitchers. Don't start them, drop them, start them, drop them. Don't play yo-yo on I-65. That doesn't – That doesn't. the Braves took a lot of beatings with those four guys, but they turned out okay. Same way with the Cubs. The Reds, they just – it's up and down the highway with these guys. I think it's good to have a good veteran on the team. I, they had – I think Homer was supposed to be well, in these They had the perfect guy this year. Unfortunately, he was gone. His arm was gone with Bronson Arroyo. Yeah. He would have been perfect to show them the way. But isn't it funny how trades and things work out, though? I mean, they when I think they got Duvall with, for Mike Leake. He was in, he was a throw-in in that deal. In the Mike Leake deal. They they had no idea that Duvall was I'm going to think to who do. else was the main piece in that. They got that Kerry uh, Mella, Mella or something, a right-handed pitcher. Big prospect. I remember Duval was basically a throw-in. Yeah, that was the other guy. <coughs> was uh, he's and they still have him, and he's on their forty-man. Uh, my pronunciation's not so some good. of the best trades, as you know, are the ones you don't make. But who would have thought that Duval would become a thirty a thirty home run, one hundred RBI? Well, that's man. the thing. He's driving you in a hundred. He's getting you thirty. Do you yeah. know who Duval reminds me of? Remember Darren Johnson? Yes. That's exactly who he reminds me of. It, it, I can see the comparison. Both of them pretty good size guys, big bat. And a, and fa- faster bat speed than what you thought they and had. And very quiet players. Yeah. And Darren Johnson, after he left the Reds, he had he had a few really good Oakland. years with the Phillies. In Philly. With the Phillies. Who do you dump, Shebler, Duvall? I'm not even going Billy because he's gone. He's got to go. I dump, I dump, I dump Shebler because I, I don't want too many left-handed hitters. In the outfield, we went through Winter's that. We went play. through that a few years ago, where everybody was left-handed and the team was real vulnerable to right-handed Griffey pitching. Dunn, that, yes. those years. I'd, I'd go, I'd go with Shebler. I see him as the piece that doesn't fit long term. Not if Winker's gonna play every day. 
Winker has to play, he's got a, he's got a great stroke. Williams has made it very clear he's he doesn't like Hamilton because he doesn't get on base, and that's what they want. And Houston really proved that last year. Guys put the ball in play. Well, you know, back when they first brought Billy Hamilton in, everybody said if he if he can hit around two fifty, with his defense and his speed, we can live with that. And he he's very close to that. Two forty seven. You know, he's very close to that, and uh, his his glove has been even better than I think anybody even dreamed it was going to be. Well, he, he is a he's a premium defender, and he may get one hit a night. But he usually take takes a hit or two away. So where is his value? You know, oh, it's frustrating. You see him at you the top of the lineup. You can't hide him in the order. There's nowhere you can hide him because you can't bunt, so you can't hit him second. And if you bunted, you'd walk Votto anyway. Well, if Mark remember, him and I talked, what was it, four or five years ago, we went to watch him play the Dragon. I told Mark, this kid is not a shortstop. Oh, no, he was not. And, and I said, this kid does not have the body frame to play all year. He's going to get hurt. He's not going to hit over 240. And tell me, how come this kid has not learned how to put the ball on the ground in bunts? I think has? they've tried. Who has, though? Good point. How, how, Chicks many dig players, long ball. how many players do you see come up to the Reds and they can't they can't bunt? No fundamental they at all. They can't hit the other way. Pretty bad base running. But, Ed, you can't tell me that the Reds can't find anybody in an organization that was in the organization or somewhere in baseball and say, go work with this kid and show Jim him. Morgan said it on the air one night. He tried, and the, the kid did not I, take the be, it. The best bunner that I've seen the Reds ever have was Norris Hopper. Yep. Yeah. That yeah. guy could – and he he couldn't do anything but bunt. Where's, where's Rod Carew videos? Where's your Brett Butlers? Yeah. You know, go find a guy. But Morgan said it on the air one night. I have tried to work with him, and it just doesn't – let's just say he doesn't want to. Do you remember when Charlie Lau got a hold of Matty Alou? Matty Alou was fabulous. He wasn't. Charlie Lau couldn't hit a, ba- a yeah, basketball, but he, but he could t- teach it. He taught Matty Alou. Matty Alou went from like a 250 hitter to hitting 330. Slap and run. Yeah. Vic DeVilio, same type yeah. guy. What you said to the players, Concepcion couldn't hit. Lockett had problems when he first came up. How did they learn? It's called minor back. league baseball. Well, that, but it's called back in the day. You know, you listen to your coaches, like you said earlier, comrade. It's. I don't think Hamilton wants. I, I don't think it's going to sink that's in. That's what I was going to say. You have to have. You the, have, to, have to have the, the hunger. To. The Go hunger. to a game and watch them. They don't take infield anymore. They half ass it in uh, batting practice. Everybody's swinging for the fences. I used to watch the Reds. They hit the right field. They hit the left field. They made bunts down. They were ready to go. They don't do it anymore. Why do you practice what you're good at? It used to be an infield you know, practice. If you don't want to take it, you got to find somebody to take it at thirds, you know, whatever. And now it's we might take ground balls during the, you know, individually. Mm-hmm. A good batting practice is like John just said. You hit it, hit and run. Go up the middle, hit behind a runner. Anymore, it's a home run hitting contest. You take situations. You say, well, I got a three-two count. There's a runner on second. Am I going to move him over? Where am I going to hit the ball to? They don't do that. Oh, hell no. The guys I used to have to, you know, in my leagues, quit throwing them out there. I want them right here where I can. Well, okay. That's not where you're going to get pitched. What's the bad thing, though, Mark, is it's fiddled down to every form of baseball. Oh, certainly it is. Little league's on down. Mm -hmm. And the little league program is the pits. 
it's got to be nothing but select ball. Select is not select at who has the most money. Somebody said that on a page already about soccer being the same way. I think it wasn't that, Brian. I don't remember. He's the one that brought up how expensive kickball is. Mm-hmm. I thought that would be the most cheap sport. I guess there's a lot of traveling involved. Yeah, travel, you know. But there can't be a lot of equipment to it. Go up to Dick's and go in there and price pads. Oh, forget that. Balls, all of this stuff. No, thanks. My granddaughter played a couple years ago. She had no interest in it. They stuck it with a bunch of boys that knew how to play, so she didn't like it. The equipment killed me. I could not believe what it cost. There's, in with the Dayton Hockey Association, they'll have this Try Hockey for Free Day. They'll have it at Kettering, and all you have to do is show up. You get skates, you get pads, you get to try to learn how to play hockey. Why doesn't every other sport now do that? Now, that's got to be an expensive sport, just oh. the equipment alone. What's oh. a hockey stick cost these days? Do you see how much these kids have to play to play high school ball? You see how much they had to play? Some of these leagues have played little If we'd had to pay for play when we were in high school, yeah. nobody would have played. There. I was going to exactly. say, I don't, I don't know. To me, if I got to pay to play, I better play. I, I was glad to have lunch money, you yeah. know. <laughs> and he's no poor, I, remember, I remember my dad complained about $10 pair of gym shoes. Now red, red ball jets. Bucks. No, there's Converse. I didn't wear red ball jets. Yeah, Chuck Taylor's. <laughs> You're a big uh, UD basketball fan, comrade. You got tickets. Ed, I know you follow it. Lee follows it. I work for UD. I'm working basketball this year for uh, I think special replay. It's the UD cool. fans, a lot of the fans, forget how much they lost last year. Nearly 70 points per game when from your senior class. When is it time to, I don't want to say panic, but when do you start going, okay, something's wrong here? You know what? I'm the biggest fan there is, and you know but that. But you hide it well. No, wow. you know, you know. Have, have you have you heard me complain about this year's team? No, but there's and, not, not as much as and, you. And, and the private conversation that you and I have had, and we have pretty many. I know what they've got this year. They have talent there, but they have young talent. They have one player that played major minutes, and he's actually playing better than I would have he's ever imagined, Daryl Davis. Yes. Mm-hmm. The other night at that game, I would have done the same thing that Grant did. Those kids stop the effort. Cunningham gives you a good effort. The rest well, of Cunningham, them. Well, see, you got to look though. Cunningham and Davis play with those teams last year. They play with those. UD doesn't realize what kind of players they had the last four years. They had kids with Chicago mentality and New York mentality, and they had kids that stayed, which is very unusual for college basketball. They all stayed there the four or five years together, and it showed. If UD is five hundred this year. I'll be happy. And I really think this team will get better as year. They'll That's, win games they shouldn't win. And lose and games lose like games. the other night. But I'm going to tell you something. Don't mistake it. They have talent there. These freshmen that got come in and can play. This is a transition year for UD. And Anthony Grant got dealt a, a bad a, hand. Well, on, on two fronts, they lost, like Lee just said, they lost 70 points per game. That's your most successful class in university history. Then you top it off with they lost their head coach. Late. Yes, very late. They're starting they're starting with young players. I agree with John. I think there's a lot of talent there. It's a transition year. I'm just looking at it. We've been spoiled because UD usually throws out a pretty good product every year. And I think they will again with this with this bunch. I want to see where they where they are from where we started a couple of weeks ago. And then I, I want to see them in March. 
and see where they're Georgia at. Georgia State comes in next, and I know that sounds like another homecoming game, and it's not. <coughs> Georgia State's pretty good. There's no homecoming games for this team. Ron Hunter coaches there. He's from Chaminade, taking him to the tournament a couple times. Falling off his chair when he I don't, got injured. Yeah, I remember that That one. was great. I don't sleep on Georgia State this coming Saturday either. Saturday I walked out there, and I hear fans, well, Grant's got to go. Guys, you're – what eight games into the season he Nine. got he got dealt what he got dealt he came in and saved two thirds of that class. They only lose one kid this year, Daryl Davis, right? Daryl mm-hmm. Davis. They got Crosby. They got Daryl Davis. That most fans wanted to run out of there last year. They wanted him out of there. He they played thought better than I would have thought. They mm-hmm. thought they never would have played. And Mark, how many players have you seen with the change of scenery, change of coach, Edward E. Well, Landers is tasting that right now. I don't think he'd have sniffed the floor if Squiggy no, was still here. No, he wouldn't have sniffed the floor. And coaches, and it's human nature. You get an attitude about a kid, and that kid's never going to change. You put him at a certain well, hole. I'm sure a lot out. of these, a lot of these young players on this team are at the point where they're still wondering if they belong there, if they believe that they can play at that level right now. And eventually, I don't care what sport you're playing, eventually. That that switch flips. It slows down. It, it, the game it, slows yeah, down. Yeah, and it flips, and you'll have a defining time where it's like all of a sudden you know you're good enough to play there, you're good enough to compete at that level. Then that's when the, it all kicks in and it they all, start getting it, better. It all kicks in your head, and you know, and you stop thinking when you play. You play, just play. I call it it. I they, think they, everybody they thought they get it. Anna or whatever the hell's name is. I think everybody assumed he was going to come in and be, be his brother. His brother, He's and he raw. hadn't played in two years. He's, He's very raw. raw. He's raw, and there's times you say, "Jesus Christ!" Look at there's this other kid. times he gives you some moves that you go, "Wow!" And but then he, all of a sudden you go, "Oh my!" But one game, just like with Big Steve, it's going to click, and when it clicks, watch out. He gets frustrated very easy right now. It looks like. If he doesn't get the ball, if he doesn't get his he shots, gets, he, he gets starts baited. fouling. He gets I mean, oh, does he ever? Penn game, the Quakers really set him up good, and he had a double technical, and that was the end of his He should have got bounced when he grabbed the guy and pulled him into him. Being but, at the game and watching and seeing that contact underneath the basket, you don't see that on TV, but you're there. You see the contact, and you see what's that. You hear, you hear, some, you hear what's, what's chattered on the floor, oh, yeah. too, a lot better. And there was a lot of chatter, but I'm telling you, one thing's going to be certain about this team is the fans are going to show up. Oh, they're going to be boisterous, too. Well, they, they showed up for Jim O'Brien. They're going to show up for anybody. They're going to show up, and, but if things don't go the way they are, UD's not going to stand and, and undertake it, I'm telling no, you. No, but they're not going to run Anthony out after no. two years either. No. And I'm going to tell you what. I know the recruits Anthony's brought in there. I know the players that he's talking to, and the kid he's bringing in next year is good. He's already signed. The Svoboda kid is, to me, and it's early yet, he's been a disappointment. Um, and the, and the but kid, he's in a new country. I mean, there's, that, that is something in itself. And the kid he signed for next year, Miller told him he was too good for UD. We'll find out. They don't have anybody coming off grades, red shirt like Wright State does. I know they get two kids well, eligible no, this no, week. No, they don't, but UD has one kid sitting because he wasn't eligible. Is that the kid with the – Kind of red, afro, whatever it is, he, big he, kid. Yeah, he was an eligible. And another kid, uh, I guess, is it Pierce? Big, tall kid. Looks, like a, baby, Pierce, looks like a baby yeah. giraffe. He is 
Big Steve all over again. His body is too big for, for what he he's not adjusted to. It. I saw him go on a pick and roll the other night. It was a road game, and it was a perfect pass, and he was just lumbering, and the ball went right by him. That was that Mississippi State game because there was a pair of flyers that were in foul trouble. And, and he had to play. Yeah, he got a couple minutes, and so Coach any, Grant was okay with so that. So anybody who watches basketball knows there's talent there. And, I mean, I've watched enough to know these kids can play. You're going to have, like you said, they're going to be a rebuilding year eventually. And, unfortunately, Anthony got dealt the hand. They're not even into their league schedule yet. No. And I'm going to tell you, this arena, when it gets done, that's going to help recruiting. It's going to be a showplace. It's going to be a basketball mecca. A team in town, one of John's favorites, besides your Tartan Pride, Sinclair. Wright State's not going to be as bad as people thought this year either. Nagy, what I like about him from what I've know from the people out there he didn't put up with anything it's not there is no more moral victories for this team you either win or it's not good enough now the other night i guess they had turned 24 turnovers they created that many big guys diving on the floor people jumping on the floor you can tell the culture changes the way it was explained to me how things are working out i think they're going to be better than people think right now now if these two kids are eligible this week the point guard had played for him before who knows? Horizon's not your power conference, so they could slide in there. Yeah, I guess they got a six foot nine kid, kind of a wide body kind of a kid. Love, that's, yeah, that's really he coming on. Last year, he's coming on quick. Problem uh, is, he's still struggling with three throws. Yeah, well, I'll take that chance. Just give me the rebounds and score well, underneath. I watched a kid the other night go back to the old Bill Russell underhanded free throws, and I think it was nice to see. <laughs> yeah, let's I play, think it was. Let's play horse. And believe me, believe me, back in the day when I first started watching basketball, I remember Bob Cousy doing it. I remember a lot of players doing it. If I remember right, that was Tennessee Tech's Courtney Alexander II. And just, yeah. I looked at it as like, did I just, did I just see that? Did I just see – an underhanded throw? I'm like, I really did. Holy crap. Free you know, throw shooting's a lost art. Yeah, it yeah. is. And you know what? People think I'm against Rice State. I'm not. There's a place for both teams in this town. This is a basketball town. Hell, they get 8000 for a girls' tournament when they go over there. The high schools get a lot of things. But each school has their own place. Rice State, worry about UD not playing them. And you know what? They got to worry about Wright State. They got to worry about Wright State. You got to build your program. You had a chance after you won the Division II championship. You had a chance after you got in the NCA, and you didn't build on it. You got to get a fan base, and you got to make the school want to win. I just I, remember. Oh, go ahead, Biggie. Uh, I, I think it would be a good game myself. Not right. uh, not so much for the basketball. We won, we lost, that type of thing. I think it would just be a good game for the community. Big you know? E, yep. it would be a good game, but nobody's crying for it. I have talked to a lot of UD fans. They don't mention it. Wright State don't have the fans to mention it. The schools don't want it. There's no corporate sponsor. Back back when Underhill was coaching in Wright State, you could see another center packed, like 9,000 plus. And why I went to school at Wright State – Students, Ralph would always... be fun right now, wouldn't he? Yeah, oh my! You'd yes. have him on probation. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, the biggest thing I hear is, "Well, UD's had this. UD didn't always have this, and they built it." And I'll tell you what: 
they went when O'Brien was there, and those teams were sorry. Yeah, yeah he I, did take them down the tubes. Mm-hmm. Question for you and John, and I even threw this at Lee last week too. The main sports story on your mind right now, you've got a lot of stuff going on. What's the one sports thing that you're following more than any right now? Well, starting now, it, it would be the winter meetings for baseball, baseball to see if the Reds do step up and do anything. I don't think they will. They've shown that they they don't really care to do when that. When Nate said, it's come out and said, we're all ears, we're going to be patient, well, fans, yeah. get ready for another last place. Well, you know what? I'm like Big E. My first love was baseball. I went to my first game at four years old at Crosley Field, and I've loved baseball my whole life. I used to walk around with a radio in my ear. I snuck a radio in the weddings. I fell asleep with the radio underneath my head, listened to, to West Coast games. I want the Reds to be good, but I have, but I have my doubts. You bringing up Crosley reminds me, my pop, when he was alive, he'd always say, uh, Pop and Aunt, they would take the train over to Crosley and walk down. It just, that, that, that made me smile. Walking through the tunnel, crossed underneath the highway, going over and seeing the guy with the top hat selling the peanuts. Remember the players walked through the, mm-hmm. to get to the visitor's clubhouse. Walked in and walked sm- right to the grandstand. Walked in. Ron fairly spit on me. <laughs> walking in and, and the smell. The terrace, watching guys fall off the terrace. Crosley was, Crosley was a special even place. The smell. Man, I wish I could have seen it. Like the Coliseum here and here in Dayton. The smell, the sound is something That's you got never forget. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I went to my first game in June of 1962. It was the first time I got to actually go to a ball game. And you entered in, you came in from the right field corner. Yeah. And I remember walking in. And glancing over to my right, and I saw the most beautiful shade of green, perfect grass that I'd ever seen. You had Ronnie Dale on the organ, piping organ music out. You could smell popcorn, peanuts, hot dogs. And I looked out, and there was Frank Robinson and Veda Penson standing out there with their arms folded, talking to each other. I mean, they just they jumped right off my baseball card, you know, and they were real. It was fantastic. Something else you didn't see, Ed. You didn't see the fans, the players going over, glad handing everybody and talking to the other team. You seen them. Saying, well, that was against the rules back in the day. Yeah, yeah. They had yeah, umpires would sit in the seats and wait and, and watch and see. You also saw them out there fully dressed. You didn't see them with their hats turned sideways or backwards, or you didn't see them playing around. They were all business. No, they look like. It's a different game now, for sure. Yeah. That's uh, That was golden years for me. I mean, my gosh. Remember, me too. Remember cutting baseball cards off the back of your post, post cereal Absolutely. boxes? Absolutely. Alphabet's oh, yeah. box. If the the mint going, condition now. Or going and buying gum. You knew you weren't going to chew, and you keep it in packs, and you'd be hoping you'd get what you want out of there, or you'd be nickel a pack. All that stuff was terrible. That gum that you used to get. It was like cardboard it. with oh. sugar on it. And I guarantee you somewhere, somewhere, somebody's got something still in a the pack. They have unopened packs that <laughs> you can buy from clear back And you gum then. up, and it just falls apart. I remember Fleer, Fleer, Fleer gave you a ginger snap cookie in there in 1963. Rock Morton <laughs> Toys. Was in town and country, they ruined it. The first store I ever saw had a big open tent or open bin with baseball cards. You could pick out which ones you wanted. Took all the fun out of it. Oh yeah. You never got Jerry Luplo 
and every but what, would you mad, what would make you mad is you go buy five packs of cards. You have the same player in all five of them. They just irritate you. You buy hell. five packs today. You better take a twenty dollar bill with you. Absolutely. You brought up something before we went started taping this about booing, and John, you were talking about booing UD players at that age. We used to talk about that on the air a lot, and people some got real angry. Why do you boo a, a kid? Why do you boo a player? Your thoughts on not just booing the college kids, high school kids. I, I draw a line there. Yeah. But college kids, pro players, your thoughts on booing them? If, if that's your right as a fan to boo them, and that's been going on <coughs> since the beginning of time. The only really. thing you have is a recourse besides I, not going. I have a feeling the peasants used to boo the gladiators and stuff back in the, the day. The lions got all the yeah. cheers. <laughs> well, <laughs> but, I tell you but what. But you're paying a good price for a ticket. And if you look out and you see what you consider a, a poor effort being made. Now, this is your own home team you're booing. If you're booing a, a visitor, that's respect. Yeah. yeah. That's a sign of respect. If you're booing your own team. Booing and doing opposite. There's, there's two different types of boos. You can boo a visitor's team. It's not the same boo as you're no, booing your own players. But I draw the line at college and high school players. Why I college? Suppose, well, how many parents are out there in the stands? Thirteen thousand people paying twenty bucks a ticket. Say otherwise. No, paying more than no, that. No, because more I tell than you that, what, right. you have to understand. Think back when you were in college, or you were that age. I never got booed, son. No, but no. Let me tell you something. <laughs> These kids are so fragile right now with social media and everything going on. Was well, time toughing them up it, then? Well, please. It doesn't work that if way. If a kid anymore. cries when he gets booed on my team, son, there's a violin and a piano. That's See you in the orchestra you, room. But that's not the way it is well, anymore. Maybe that's not why I'm coaching. That's the main well, reason why. Well, then I don't want to coach. If I got a, if I got a baby, a bunch of kids, forget it. That's the main reason why I hung it up. And I was not coaching at a big high level, but I coached at almost every level. And I just got to where. That's it. Parents did me in. Well, that has done a lot of coaches in. That's where it all starts to me. But booing a college kid, like you said, you're paying money. How else are you supposed to voice your displeasure? That's, that's still a little iffy. I I, I draw mine. I don't boo. I if it's I effort, boo. then that's that's to me it's effort, different. The only booing I'll do at a college game is at at the officials I if it's a bad call and stuff like that. But the pros are different. I think the last player that I actually that I can say I really booed was Bobby Tolan at the end of his stay with the Reds. And he wanted out. He wasn't happy. Was that during the World Series when he dogged the no, this, ball in this, center? I believe it, I believe it might have been 1973. And he was having a, he was having a bad year. He, he, he didn't want to be in Cincinnati any longer. He was, he was uh, loafing after balls. He was loafing down the baseline. And even – I can remember Joe Noxall – said, if you don't want to be here, then get out, buddy. I'll help pay the ticket to get you out of here. I know they sent him to Philly, if I remember right. San, San Diego. Louis. That's San right. Diego. San Diego Padres, yeah. And then he went to St. Louis, didn't he? He came from St. Louis. And he ended up in yeah. Philly because he played first in the one year they beat him in the playoffs. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, he had a lot of ability. Oh, he did. Who did, his, he, he, did he get he, from him? Redman? Is that who they got in San Diego for him? Or am I thinking of a different trip, Baltimore? I thought they got Redman from Baltimore. Yeah. They, they might have, but I'm trying to think who they got for Tolan. Well, there's a time. Play I Kirby? Can... No. I'm 
I don't remember who they would have got for him. Might have, it might have possibly been <coughs> Fred Norman. He was two players. It could have been. Yeah, that's well, about the right time. I heard time. playing charity basketball. That's put the end of tolling. Yeah, yeah he he tore that Achilles, tore the Achilles. Tendon, and he was never the same player because a lot of his his game he had he had all of it. <coughs> Led the league in stolen yeah. baseball in year of fifty seven. He could he could hit for average, hit for power. He had a good arm. He could chase fly balls down, and he could run the bases. And when he hurt the Achilles tendon, <coughs> couldn't run the bases anymore like he did before. <coughs> he couldn't go after fly balls like he did before. It took it took a part big part of his game and away it, from the him. Attitude set in, like he said, and that was yeah. the end of it. Yeah, nineteen seventy. He's one of the finest players in the league yes, that was. year. Yes, one was. of the big reasons the Reds went to the World Series. Then they ran into, unfortunately, Brooks Bruce Robinson. Robinson. <laughs> that, took the, that took the end of that one, didn't it? Yeah. That was the greatest series I've ever seen in one player. For one guy? Him and this guy that was also an old 31. Old 31. Won the triple crown. <laughs> and if you watch Frank, he had a smile on his face all during that series. I'd say he got even. I understand the deal. But they, I understand the deal they made. I don't understand the people that they got at what that they got time. back. Yeah. Well, it's he, like Stanton's trade now. Him, Star- Robinson, Castro? Robinson and Penson, if you dig a little deeper, they were having their problems in Cincinnati. There was some some weapons charges and, and some assault McKinney charges. McKinney could have told you all about that one. Yeah, they were having their problems. No, that probably didn't help. No comment. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got on your uh, alleged allegedly 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 what do you got on your uh question board today lee uh i got a lot of things i know um ortez stepped out for a second but biggie last week i asked about the dayton hall of fame like if you could put some figures into a hall of fame for sports in this dayton area to define this city who'd you put and why and it could be broadcasters it could be Players. There's a pretty good list of you. Dayton Hall. Sports Dayton, figures, yeah. Of all mm-hmm. professional. From the beginning of time till today. I would probably start with Mike Schmidt. Yeah, Schmidt was. Yep, yeah, that yeah. would that would be one. Uh, anybody that actually played Major League Baseball from this town would Which is surely a lot more deserve than you to think. be. Oh, yeah. I mean, Fred Sherman. Nish. Uh, yeah. Yeager. Uh, Borkowski. Dempsey. Steve, Steve Yeager. You're, you're right. Rebel A's. Uh, well, even. Well, some of the guys even Roger Clemens had a birthright from here. Some of the guys that didn't make it that got hurt. Oh, I mean, yeah. You know, like Coleman. Yep, Dave yeah. got trapped in AAA, but Mickey yeah. McGuire, same thing. And, I mean, it, you're seeing a lot of Dwight Anderson, Donnie Smith. My goodness sakes, you How know. about the Olympian? Edwin so Moses. Edwin Moses. Yeah. Yep. The, the Dayton's had a lot of a lot of Chris good, Collins good technically athletes. was born here. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Well, you stop and think at one time the high schools that are gone now that were here. The Dayton City League, the players that came out of there, the Rudy Benjamins, the uh, uh, Gary Arthur. Frankie Sanders. Yeah, Frankie Sanders, Gary Arthur. All these players that came out of here, the ones before, you know, Henry Burlong. We can go back and it was top sports. If somebody would ever do, and I know somebody talked about this years ago, doing a feature on just Dayton baseball alone, the guys at Howell Field, oh, they have come through Tim Belcher, the ninety number one draft pick in the country. There was a so many scouts out there watching him. 
the guys that played in pickup games. Well, and, and one that you forget too is there's there's I guess several of them are buried that played in th- Negro League baseball. You know, Jesse Haynes is that? Yeah. Okay. Uh, goodness sakes, there's so so many. Well, how about amateur ba- basketball at the Coliseum? I saw Flynn Robinson. I saw Connie Hawkins. I saw uh, uh, Roger Brown. All of these players played over there. I mean, you had Monarch Marketing. You had Dave Bing. Mm-hmm. You had all these players that come in here and play. I don't remember if we said it last week, but Bucky Buckhorn, I know he played NBA with That's the Cincinnati Royals, but you him and Larry NBA, Hanskin. You're pretty good. You're good. Him and Larry Hanskin have been, you know, play-by-play <laughs> color duel for the longest time. Uh, yeah. I mean, the next two schools that have the longest duo, the color guys don't do they don't do road games. They just do it at home, and then the play-by-play guy. That's an amazing streak. That mm-hmm. is. To be together that long, or to even be one of the two How could guys they even like each other? Even, <laughs> you know they that. did. <laughs> even, even talk to each other. <laughs> it's hard staying the woman that long. Wouldn't you like to see a book from both of those two? Well, I'm sure Hankson could keep you laughing, you know. Yeah. He'd, he'd that, keep that's you laughing. A lot. I mean, you said it before we went on, too, about doing a show and even doing something like that. There's a lot more work goes into it than what people assume. They think, okay, you're going to call on a game. But if you don't know who the players are, mm-hmm. if you got to call them by number instead of name, you're dead already. It's not just sitting down. And I know you do hockey, which has got to be the hardest thing to do, especially with names that only Comrade can pronounce. Well, I don't I, know how hockey guys do it. I, I, honest to God, I don't know how they do it. Around here, high school level's not as bad, but when we had the Demons and the Demolition, there were a couple loopers out there. Tell me the guy that plays center for UD, because I'm not laughing out, because I can't say his name. I cannot. All I do is call him. I, you know me. I can't pronounce it. I don't, I don't even I, try. Always, I try to do it, and I, I don't come. Anna. Hold on. Anna. Anna, Anna Cocopoco. Oh, God. Wait a minute. I had a one. Anna. Screw it. <laughs> Anta Tacopo. Anta Tacopo. I mean, Kumbo, if you're trying yeah. to say that on a fast break, no. Costa Santa de Cupo. But it's a lot harder to do a game or, yeah. or a show. Or, or you could be what I've heard the last couple of weeks is they don't say your names. They say the uniform number. Wow. That's when you know you're that's, done. That's bad. That's real bad. <laughs> that, that's, that's, that's bad. bad. You, you might as well just hang it up. I'll tell you what's a bad one. I, I did uh, I did PA basketball for Greenview Schools for several years. Nice. Mess up a kid's name. Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. I do that yeah. once. Then you've got parents, uh-huh. parents coming down to the oh, score yeah. table, and how did so, you mess up my child's name? You, you know? played enough games, but where they announce your name before you get in the box or when you're, you know, whatever, you still hear if they screw your name mm-hmm. up. Well, if you have a name like mine, now tell me, how can you mess Ortez up? Well, they call you Ortiz. I, Ortiz. Yeah, that's Ortiz. what I thought. Or, Ortiz. Well, truthfully, guys, my name should be Ortiz, and that's a long story. Half my family is, and half my family ain't, and it was a mess up on my father's part. They used to chew mine up all the time in pro ball. I used to. Schmeller. Schmeller. Schimler. Schimler. And I used to just turn around and go, well, how the hell do you put letters in there that aren't even in there? But you hear it, and you can't help but step out and just kind of turn around and go, really? Now, mine was Lau. Yeah. Instead of low. Loud. Now that's a hard one to yeah. screw up. No, there's you know, only three I can people. See how it would be though. But you got a store with the same name. I, I know. Well, this is preceded the store that my name has. But now, please, I can see because even yeah. I. There's only three that. people that aren't related to me that's ever got my last name right right off the bat. 
Is yours Moen? No, Mowen. I've heard it, I've heard it as both. If, if somebody yeah, says I, mine right. And by reading it, that's what, how I would say it. There's yeah, some, uh, I, there's I some Mowens over in Xenia. Um, I know a lot of my family's around Preble County. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there was a woman's basketball player for Youngstown State last name, Mowen. So that was really cool. She didn't get to play. So that broadcast was like, hey, is my relative going to play Penguins? You're losing by 30. Come on, Penguins. Put in my relative. What else you got on your question board? You had a bunch last time we didn't even get close to. Oh, yeah. It was it was fun. I mean, right now we're at an hour and 11 minutes in, and we nearly hit two hours last week. Um, well, Matt, there. Well, uh, Comrade, since you stepped away, I don't know if you wanted to add any more to the first one I had. Uh, Dayton Hall of Fame, putting people that define the city sports scene in, who would you put in and why? I don't know if you heard the question. So. I would first go to the amateur baseball. I put guys in like uh, – H. Obert Patterson. Mm-hmm. Uh, I put Nitwitz in there. I'd put uh, who's the guy marking his, his name since my name got to batting? Ted Mills. Ted Mills. Mm-hmm. Brad Dreesen. I don't Dan Dreesen. Brad. Brad. Brad Dreesen. Yeah. You went in the same year I went. Uh, some of the great high school coaches that were here. Some of the players that went here, like Steve Gagers, Mike Smith. Players that these kids have no idea played here. You know, you can get back and go back and find some of the old uniforms and put them in there. Oh, I'd love that. Isn't there a – over in Carillon Park, don't they have – They have a couple. I know they talked me when I was on air about doing a sports hall of fame or something like that over there. I don't know if they ever did it or not, though. It would be nice if they did. Well, somebody told me that they used to have the service teams that Ryan Patterson play and some guys like – They used to play UD. Like, like Joe DiMaggio came into town when he's in service. A couple of them came in and play, they played in games. Didn't Babe Ruth play in the game out here when they mm-hmm. first played? Babe Ruth played here. Yeah. Do you remember Ducks Park either you two? Yeah. I, I know the name. That was out by Triangle. Yeah. I don't remember it. I've the, seen pictures of it. The park at the VA. Oh. So that was home. a There used show. to be one out by Hoover, Hoover Avenue, I too. Think I think that might be Ducks. Ducks. Yeah. They Soldier's used, Home was as classic. They used to have a field in the infield over to Fairgrounds, too. Mm. See, I don't remember that. They did. Pete Rose played here. He played in Cincinnati. That's yeah. a, you and know, how Phil told you the story yeah, why he, he played, became a second yeah, baseman. Yeah, Pete Rose played in Cincinnati. No, I mean he played in Dayton. You know and how he became Phil. a second baseman, too. I've told you that story. Repeat it. Tom Freeze. Okay. Twins had drafted Tommy as a catcher. They wanted him to catch for Lebanon. That's who Pete was playing for. Well, I remember going out. He told to, Pete, you're playing remember, second base now. I remember going out to Howell Field and watching the General Herald baseball player. And I remember just watching Darren Johnson hit ball after ball over in tennis fields over there. Yeah, remember yeah. the Reds used to bring the – it was like, um, like he said, like a clinic, Marty Keogh, Johnson. They'd bring guys up and have like a clinic. And these players, I, I remember I sitting – I didn't know that. I, remember I, sitting, I wasn't from here. I remember sitting watching Pete Rose sitting out in the outfield talking to every kid he could talk to until they all left. I remember seeing Art Shansky hit a ball almost to the river over there. And it was free. And your little league thrived, your baseball team thrived. You'd go driving through, and these parks would be playing on. Now you go to baseball parks, you see grass growing there. You don't go around and see boxes on the side of schools where kids would play stickball. None of that stuff anymore. 1970. Perez was, all-star break was in winning the Triple Crown. Remember? Up at Kettering Little League, they brought Tony Perez in, Woody Woodward, and I got, I want to say it was Bench's brother maybe for some reason. Had them come up during the day and all, you know, like a parade. 
got to meet them all. That night, Perez went over forward three double plays. <laughs> was it was it Pete's Pete's brother? It might have been Pete's David, brother. David, but God, David for some Rose, reason, I think it was Bench had one come up too, but I don't know why he came up. Bench had a younger brother. Perez yeah. and Perez and Woodward, I remember very clearly being there. And you could go talk to them. Not they anymore. Would, they would talk to you. Hmm. Not anymore. What else you got written down there? If I got to have one more thing to it, what about the first ever Dayton Triangles team? That's the birth See, of the NFL. See, a lot of people forget that. First yeah. NFL true. game. First if you NFL go out game. there, there's a plaque. Is there a plaque out there? There's a plaque out there. Now, they moved that shed, I think. What was the locker room? They did yeah, move that. They moved that, but there's, there's there's a plaque out there. Not many people know that happened. It's wonder they didn't take it out to Carolyn, to the museum. I'm not sh- is that where they put it, John? I'm not real sure. I, I think remember. they might have. Next time I go, I'll look. But you know. I need to go and see it myself. That was actually a podcast episode I wanted to do. Is talk about you know history of Dayton sports with uh, their director Brady Cress. If somebody and would ever do a book on it, the old ballparks, the old players, mm-hmm. it'd be a beauty. Or didn't Cy Berg do a book on it one time? I've got a book around here somewhere of the old Dayton history. I don't know if it was Cy that wrote it. <coughs> it you know Cy. what? He might have been. I think it was him. I've got it around here somewhere. For you hockey fanatics, there's a hockey book on Dayton by Chuck Gamebringer. I have that book. Dayton Gems is the only hockey that. Well, I let me tell you something. 1.0, right? Do you know why the gyms were like they were? You had Frigidaire. Yep. You had General Motors. You had GH&R Foundry. All these rough, tough workers that want to go out and have a cheap beer and be entertained. I think when Rikes was still in town, uh, there was a story that Chuck told in the book, and I forgot what it was. It was like, oh, God. Uh, but, no, Rikes was – big on that too jim's used to be the dragons back in the day that oh, was my a dad. to have oh yeah and that's before the days of plexiglass for the boards at harrow too well, it yeah. was a uh, fence i was gonna say it was a, <laughs> like it was a net Somebody it might have been net but i think there was chicken coldest chicken building block. i've ever been in any part of the year here arena was like an ice box let me take you to northland ice center in no. cincinnati nothing you... could be colder than hair arena no 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 Northland Ice Center, I have to bro- – when I broadcast with Centerville and we're doing the games down there, I can't wear my gloves because I need to write, say who scored and everything. When I leave Northland, my hands are red, almost like scarlet red of Ohio you State. You talk about an aroma of the Coliseum. Harris still got the same aroma. <laughs> yeah, a little musty in there, but, but- – a little musty. But you know what? Those are the those are the smells that oh, you remember. You forgot to flush here. You remember That's a you remember for the rest of your life. What yeah. else you got for us? Well, we talked a little bit about college hoops. We talked a little about Dayton, Sinclair, and Wright State. Um, high school sports are in fact. Uh, do any of you gentlemen follow high school basketball? Follow, you guys probably some. do. I yes, see I the scores, but as far as going to games anymore, <laughs> nah. I used to go to a couple games a week. I don't even bother anymore. Yeah, you used to go to the tournament games. I know what you. Well, arena. I do every year. That's something my wife and I love to do. Just we'll we'll just go over there and spend a whole day. Find us a seat. We may watch five, six games over the course of a Get your of money's a worth, that's for sure. Just love it. Just love it. The best Not. year for it was a couple of years ago when Luke Kennard was playing. I had that and broadcast. And we got to see that. I had his last uh, flying to the hoop As far uh, as game. Luke Kennard, I went and watched him play, and I watched him play football. And I, to me, he's one of the top five ever come out of this area. Did you think he'd be as good as he was? Basketball-wise? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I never saw him play football, so I don't know. He, I told you that I thought he'd be yeah, He used to tell me he thought he was Jerry Lucas, and that's, he, man, that's high cotton. He was the type that goes back to what we were talking about a little bit ago, about an athlete being really fluid. He was smooth. Smooth, and he was he mean. He was smooth as could be. You got Duke he'd, be move, you. he'd be moving, making moves out there to get open for shots or things, and you wouldn't – you didn't think he was really going very fast or very quick. He was. And he also he had what I call the eye of the tiger. When he got that look in his eye, you weren't going to stop him. He had a better career at Duke than I would have ever imagined. I, I was kind of shocked that he left after two years. I was, well, too. Yeah, I really I, I, was. I thought that he would at least stay. Big money call you. Yeah. I can't, I can't fault him for that. If well, I just thought he me. was just coming into his own a little bit last year. His freshman year wasn't that spectacular. You bring that up reminds me of something, and I don't think we've hit on it yet, maybe a little bit. With the bowl games now, and it's just started the last few years, kids in college football bailing out for bowl games. Mm-hmm. I see both sides of this coin, but as a player, I don't know. If you came to me and said, okay, there's $10 million waiting on you. Just don't get hurt. I still don't know that I could sit out a game and leave my teammates. I, I see both sides of it. I get it. But is this going to be the start of the end of bowl games? The playoffs are going to be in the bowl games. Yeah. If they use the bowl games well, the, the play, right away. The playoffs are going to become the bowl games and if they kill, expand the field. And what kills me now is they're putting teams in with losing records. Well, you got to have six wins six to qualify. Wins. Uh, I which is basically six But six. they've yeah. also pulled some – They were, last year they had team in with losing five I think wins. they had to because there wasn't any 16 left. There's too many bowl games. Would you sit? Would you play? Well, let me go back, let me go back to how <laughs> I was raised. Okay, I was I was raised in a very poor environment. Uh, never went hungry, but I have been cold. Could have ate more. Got a lot of hand-me-down clothes, you know. So I didn't have a lot growing up. And I think a lot of these players are from that same type of environment. A lot of the, the good players, they come from welfare families, mm-hmm. come from inner city. And I'm not just talking black, but, right? But because there's there's poverty everywhere. Mm-hmm. If I've got ten million dollars staring me in the face, and all I got to do is get to the combine or or something to play, and to get that payoff for the draft, I'd have to consider setting out. Would the bowl game itself be a deciding factor if it's a national playoff, one of the top four? Compared to the Pop-Tarts Bowl. I'm playing that. If I have a chance to become a national champion, I'm going to play. Okay, the USC-Ohio State game, not for a national title, but it's still the Cotton Bowl. I'm sitting. E, I'm from the old school. You play it, you can't play anymore. Well, like us, but we talked before, like I was talking about the kid from Notre Dame. Jake Butt from Michigan, same yeah, thing. Yeah, same deal. And, uh, I mean – his knee was destroyed so bad that, yeah, he's he's playing in the NFL finally, but he lost millions and of millions of dollars because of that. I understand that too, but every game you go out to play, you take a chance of being hurt. And But and if you go in with the idea that you're going to get hurt, you're going, you're to, going get to get hurt. You're going to get hurt, you know, yeah. You know, I, I can see both sides of it, but me being old school – I can't. I just couldn't. I sit just as a can't player. do it. I don't know. I, I don't think I could sit and watch you guys play, and think, man, I should be out there. I, That's hard. 
I agree, too. I mean, I get that there's a lot of bowls out there, and all you have to do is get the six wins, and there you go. You're in. You don't have that problem with college basketball because if you're in the tournament, well, you're playing playing. for the national title. Yeah. And football's kind of a whole different ball game, too, when we're talking about leaving early and things like that and not playing in bowl games. Football's got a, a much bigger injury factor. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, I got I can see both ways. Me personally, I couldn't do it, but I'm not going to badmouth somebody. How many does. bowl games are, yeah. are there? Thirty four. Too many. I uh, I think they're in the thirty. So how do you turn these bowl games into the playoff system? I think that's what you should do. Well, Mike Leach, I don't know if you guys read it or not. Mike Leach is way out there, but he did a little thing where every football league. Pro, Division One, Two, I guess three, have a sixteen-team playoff. Division Three is this yes. the former coach, Mike yeah, Lee? He's still, still a coach. He's still out there. He's, he's at used Washington to, used to have State. Texas Tech. Yeah, yep. the he's one, yeah. the State, one yeah. who does not have it is Division One, and that's where I see those four weeks in between. Why not? To answer your question, Mark, forty-one bowl games. That's about that's forty-two many. many. <laughs> Yeah, that's about that's, 30 See, the argument many. when I was coaching at UD was always the same. Well, you can't get the kids <laughs> out of school and the fans won't travel four weeks in a row. Yeah, they will. It's corporate tickets anyway. So, yeah, it will. Well, like last yeah. week, I listened to podcasts, and I wish I could have called because the first thing was mentioned about Barry. How could he go five days to uh, – And uh, play after that injury? He had graduated last year. Yeah. He's a grad student. You know, and that's what's wrong now. You got kids that don't play, that, you know, don't have to go to school anymore, and they're still playing. Yeah, but if you're a big man on campus, uh, it's probably easier doing that than trying to go to work. I have have a harder time with these these players one and two and done than I do setting out a game. I don't agree with one and two and done. Isn't it similar, though, for one and done basketball players if you're coming from an environment where – you don't have a lot, and all of a sudden, here comes an agent going, hey, you're going to be a top, well, now, two-round pick. Eh, it's kind of hard to turn down. That's I true. mean, mm-hmm. Anacar oh, yeah. Pupo, whatever the hell his name is, they're talking about him because of his name. Somebody will take him. Okay, but I also get that. But how many one and done have went one and done? Oh, there not a lot and, of them make it. And they're playing the D-League. But now, I did hear the new, money. the new commissioner is talking about making them go to school two years. I agree with that. Okay, when's the first guy going to take them to court? Let them take I'm just saying, I it's going to happen. That. It's going to happen. But, I'm, mm-hmm. but, but you can't tell me these kids that are on semester system go to school the second oh semester. God. No. No, because once they're eligible, they don't care. That ain't right either. No. But it, that's like telling student athlete. That's a farce. Student athletes are the white guys at the end of the bench that get you grade point average. Well, uh, that's your student athlete. Well, the bottom line's got to be done somewhere. I don't know what the answer is, John, because – if you can play professional tennis at 13 or 14 and you can, in my mind, if you can go to the military service, how are you going to tell me I can't go make a living in basketball, football, or baseball? This is true, but you need to unify the rules for everybody. And somebody will take you, right? Well, it's. I thought baseball, when I was just in, I thought they had something. You could go out as a rookie, and if you didn't make it, you had a certain window to go back to college. I don't know that that's still true. I don't think it does. But it isn't a rule that if you go to college, you can't leave. You have to. Uh, baseball, I think, three years, I think. Two years, maybe. 
After a junior college, yeah, I think baseball is two years, football is whenever, I'm, and basketball is one. But I'm sorry, Mark, the NBA is full of players that shouldn't be there. Oh hell, baseball is that way, football is that way. Well, the pro Soccer's the pro sports ha- the pro sports can control this. They created it. You know, they yeah. created it. All they had to do was just say, you know, no, we don't All take they have you. To do now, I'm surprised in basketball, especially, and maybe the Ball brothers are going to hang together in wherever China. If a kid doesn't want to go to college, okay, you still got to wait your two years, whatever. Why don't they just go overseas and play? There's do you no remember the there. first the first basketball player that didn't go to college? Moses Malone. There you yeah. go. I don't think yeah. of Daryl Dawkins for some reason. Moses, but it wasn't Malone. Moses Malone. And Bill Willoughby and Daryl Dawkins, they were the first big money guys. And who was the guy that went to uh, Seattle? I can see him now. He's, oh, God. Spencer Haywood. Spencer Haywood. Good player. Mm-hmm. I got to see him play at like Cincinnati Gardens. Mm-hmm. Ooh, there's another aroma-filled building. Well, not anymore. That came they're down, didn't it? They did tear that down, or they're going to. They got all the letters off, and it's heading to the National Sign Museum of America, and eventually, yeah, it's going to go. Watching all of our old stomping grounds mm-hmm. go. Yeah. Crosley, Cincinnati Gardens. Do you know what's really sad? Go over and go to East State and go over to Washington Field over there. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. Good hitters part. Go over there and it's center field. Yeah, once it rolled, it just rolled. And the places that I watched as kids, and just, it's horrible. Well, you said a minute ago, and you're right. You go by ballparks now, the grass is growing over. Nobody's out playing. There's no playing against the walls. Hell, we'd invent games. Mm-hmm. Not anymore. Stop and watch. Now, seriously, you get a chance. Stop and watch a high school team, a normal high school team, and see how bad the fundamentals are. No. I can watch right across the street, watch them try to take infield. And after about the first couple ground balls, you just kind of go, wow. You know, one will hit the center field, then the next one will hit the third, then they go out. It's like, no, 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 no. That's not how you take infield. My father-in-law has a house right behind Carroll. And I sit there and watch the so-called select leagues. And I've watched the so-called high school teams. Don't know what a cutoff is. Take pitches don't know how to swing, don't know how to field, olay everything, run the bases wrong. Simple stuff we learned as kids. They don't know it anymore. Watch it on TV, catch it one-handed. Absolutely. How many more things you got on your pad there? Oh, I got lots. Fire away. Uh, we mentioned Cincinnati Gardens. I also want to bring this up, too. Middletown's classic Wade Miller gym closed. They had their last game, uh, was it Friday or Saturday, and Middletown lost it to Hamilton. But they opened up the new Wade Miller gym on Breal, and it's supposed to be Hamilton plus a thousand. Like they have video boards in there. It's, These high school arenas, football just, stadiums anymore. Oh my! Well, God. that's there's a lot of tech. In there. Money. It, just, com- yeah. it comes in from uh, right now. The people that's doing that are, are like Premier Health and, and yeah. Kettering Health Network. Uh, they're offering these schools. Millions of dollars. Marion's uh, got uh, involved. Building tracks for them, tartan tracks, uh, scoreboards at each end of the field. It's it's amazing. Were swimming in high school when you went? It just depended. On Roosevelt the had a we pool. Didn't. Stivers had a pool, but they didn't use them. In the old South Central Ohio League, the only ones that had a pool was Greenfield McLean. Valley View's got a, a swimming team, but I think they swim in Springboro's YMCA. Fair, Fairmont's got what? Yeah, Vermont's got that pool by uh, Trent. I haven't been back up there. I did something when I was on the air up there in my old high school, and I've been back since. And I'm going to nice. I'm going to ask you. You remember going playing at Old Burkhart Gym? 
Yes. Yes, I do. It's still there. It's a daycare now, isn't it? Yeah, my wife's stepsister owns that place. She had that had that refurbished, and now she started just starting to take games in there again and play. If I'm not mistaken, the Wright State when they were a fledgling, they well, they played or practiced there. Well, when she bought it, I think you're right. Yeah, they I mean, did. When she bought the floor, had took a bucket of water, got underneath it. She paid for all that, and she's playing games out of there again. Uh, they played at Stebbins too, didn't they? Yeah. That the they all still practice at Stivers too. Well, I don't know yeah. why I'm thinking. Yeah, they they too. they played at Stebbins, but they practiced over at Burkhart some. And they practiced yeah. at Stivers too. Yeah, because they used to run us out to practice. That's when John Ross. Yeah. John Ross just get that started. There was a video about the starter rights State basketball. That. That's Man, pretty that good. Was, yeah. That was awesome. That's that gave me goosebumps. Yeah. And just think, Wright State, uh, they play basketball in what's now the bookstore on campus. And you can look in the bookstore where they keep the clothes and all the books and everything. You see the high rise. That's just, a pack? Or what, what was the pack? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. Here, here's a good was right one. next door to that. I saw, I saw Wright State. I think it was like 73 or 74. I saw Wright State upset Miami at UD Arena. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. You know what? Now that you say, I do remember them yeah. using the arena occasionally. Yeah, yeah they uh, did. Miami had a Lumpkin. Phil Lumpkin. Playing on that oh, team. Oh, uh, Dunbar? Roosevelt. No, no Lumpkin. He played at Roth. With, That's with, right. He was, right. He was uh, Donald Smith's running mate. Okay. Yeah. Good player. Very I mean, player. I mean, you know, you guard one and the other one's going to beat you. So Wasn't that. that about the year of Harper, too? Harper, Harper was there. Yes, Harper, hey, Harper was there. Harper there. was in there, and uh, God, Fairmont had a kid too. McCowan? I bet they wouldn't let him use your. Well, Wright, State, Wright State had a good team, you know. Oh, sure, they, they did. had a good team for like Division Two. And used to, they had a better relationship than what they have now with UD. They had a kid that could play it anywhere at that time. He was a, a big forward, Lyle Faulkner. I remember him. Oh, and yeah. this guy could play. He could play outside, inside. He was a lot like Don May. Not to say he was Don May. Nobody. There's only one Nobody Don May. Nobody was Don May. Nobody But was. he was the same the same type of yeah, player. Yeah, I remember who yeah. he was. I mean, Ralph brought in some good yeah, players. Wasn't oh, yeah. there a kid out there named Monroe, too? Yep. Yeah, I remember um, that. Black kid. Yep. There's a Monroe, but wasn't Gary Monroe, was it? No, there was yeah. Monroe that played out there with I want to say Greg Monroe, team. and I don't know if that's right He played not. with that championship team. When I was there, they had a, they had a little guard named Rick Rick Martin. Mm-hmm. Then they had a left-handed shooter, a guard named Tim Walker. They had Bob Grody. They had Grody's, yeah. and they had his brother played yeah. years later, they had, Mike. Uh, Jim Minch. Oh, man, I remember and that. They had a kid Burleson. Named Cybers, and, and, and I and can't think, think of his the name big, now. The big forward they had, Schaefer. Bob Buddy Schaefer. Schaefer. Yeah, yeah. Alder. They had a pretty, no, good, had a, they had a pretty good ball team. Well, they had one of the Minches out of Carroll, too. Yeah, Minch was a good player. Bobby Schaefer was that size in high mm-hmm. school. So we scared everybody. With, I had to guard him once in high school. He... I remember trying to guard Chris Ward. <laughs> Let me put it another way. I tried to get through the lane, and he set a pick. It rocked your like world, Vincent didn't it? <laughs> yesterday, looking up at the lights. I'll tell you who I had to go one time with France out of – Oh, Bubba? Bubba. Colonel White. He – he knocked me down going for it, and he just started laughing. He passed recently, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, he did. Yeah, Bubba France. Yeah, that's right. Him, him and Matt Blair. Mark, on a future roundtable, I request that we have Coach Brown. Coach I'd Jim Brown. Get him and Pricey okay. both. Jeff said he'd oh. do one. That'd be cool. I'd like to talk to Jeff. He's from Lewisburg. He's a Preble County guy like me. The greatest thing I've ever seen. Down or... I'm sure I could. The greatest yeah. thing i ever seen, I walked into uh, 
Oregon Express one day. This is back in, oh, God, 70s. Ralph was in there talking to Don Hart. Wait a minute, Ralph on a bar? Imagine that. <laughs> Come on now. Please. <laughs> and go downtown and see Huggins down there at the old Tom Tom Club. I wish mm-hmm. Ralphie was still around because that would make for so much fun between the rivalry. Because yeah. he did he did bring the players I in. I want to ask you a question, and, I, and I, I've been fuzzy. What was the story of the Myers deal? The way I understand it, Sam, it was in the news. I know there was a couple different versions, and I don't know, honestly. Was he in his right mind when he did that? I don't know. I've heard that he wasn't, that he was on medication and put a, the pills in his pocket, thinking he was just going to pull them out at the counter and forgot. I've done that. Um, I don't know. It almost sounded at one point like it was a setup, a setup like they were just waiting. Um, I've done that. I've stuck things in my I'd pocket. I heard that. I'd heard he was also hadn't taken medication, and that was part of it. I don't know. I often wondered. Things would have been different for Rice State well, if he had been able to stay around. You look at well, guys I, like I question Eddie that Sutton that had trouble at Kentucky and where Arkansas the money, was at. The money well, got him. But the alcohol, the drunk driving charges, and you think, okay, they got another chance. Well, that, that, excuse me, at, at that time they had uh, – you know, they had Ralph Underhill coaching, had a good ball team. They had a really good <coughs> young announcer that was doing some games on television and radio, Greg Garris. Greg Garris. And he was getting to be very popular, and he was he was a, a riot to be yeah. around if you ever got to be around him. He was fun. But they it's never all got, do. I got to work with his son at WWSU. He was a real good guy. Yeah, Matt's working with the Reds thing now, about Wright State, yeah, they uh, never built on that, No. I, they never well, built on that. Like I said, Greg died, Ralph left, and they things changed. They built the changed. arena, and all of a sudden, yeah. it just went boom. Boom. They never, like John said, they never capitalized on it. Ed Schilling came in well, and – that well, they help. made a bad hire after Underhill, uh, or be, right before Underhill, Chilling. I believe, too. Well, then they didn't give it to Coach Brown, which they should have. Yeah. And then it just snowballed, and really. Coach Brown knew how to build a program. And he knew Wright State. He knew the area. I have Chilling. respect for Coach Brown. I mean, he. He does a great job doing radio with Chris Collins. I love mm-hmm. listening to Chris. They do a good job. Now, I Nagy, too. I like. I think he's going to be okay if they stay out of his way. Just leave the guy alone. But is anybody else going to come get him? Well, mm. that's always a risk. Um, that's fun in college he's basketball. Paid handsomely, uh, let's put it that but way. But especially the money problem that Rice State has. That I think is going to be the big, the big downfall. Will the school not just athletics? Are they going to be able to survive their financial woes? And they better make some tournament appearances soon. That would help a lot. Yeah. To get to the tournament. But Oakland's the big obstacle in the way. UIC's yeah, got a pretty good but team. But that tournament is their ticket in. I know. I'm, and I'm, by then? <clears throat> but I'm just saying, I mean, you're going to have to face the Golden Grizzlies I always, I always wondered, and they can get mad at me all they want. I remember 24 win, I remember 24 win seasons, 25 win seasons, and go you're nowhere. nowhere. Yeah. Not, yeah, even, not even the NIT. I mean, that first year when I was a freshman, that was Deshaun Woods' final season with Wright State. That was the big season. I, I mean, still think their biggest packed. downfall is that they don't draw. You're not no, going to go on the road and bring people on a tournament, so that right away is a strike. And that's that's a shame, too, because well, it is. when Brad Burnell the was there. Fault. No, no. When Brad Burnell was there, that was some pretty darn Red good basketball. Red won some games, but he I'm, got frustrated with it. You know, you walk out and all of a sudden you're seeing half your arena tarped over. 
And then when you have a coach that goes to the union and gives tickets away and say, come to the game, and I used to do pest services out there, and the students didn't know there was a game. The worst was one of the shows we did when I had three of the baseball players in and Coach Cooper. Mm-hmm. And the next day they were on ESPN's Bracket Busters at the Nutter Center in like 11 o'clock in the morning game. And I had asked all of them something about the game, and not one of them knew they even had a game the next day. These are athletes. And, you know, I told Mark this, and Rod State fans got mad at me. I went out to watch the kid from Cleveland State play because I knew his mom and dad. Uh, Was that Cole? Cole? Norris Cole? Yeah. Norris Cole asked both schools in his town to go to school there. Both of them turned him down. Who was the other kid? Pogue? Is that the other big kid they had from Dunbar? And uh, I go out there, and they say I'm lying. I turn around and one lady's knitting. I look on the other side. One lady's reading the book. The band's standing there. They got people coming and doing routines like they do at uh, Dragon Games. Mm-hmm. The reason why they had a pack there because Cole was there. Dunmark people filled the stands. As a Wright State alumnus, yeah, I wish more students would go to the games. I know it's not just students. It's you know. Well, they can complain about no dorms. They can say it's too far And the band, oh, my God. Reds games, Bengal games, UD, park lots, no picnic either. If you want to go to a game, you go to a game. They draw for Butler. They drew for Michigan State. There's shuttle buses that will take you from your apartments and dorms to the Nutter Center. There's no excuse, dude. How many dorms they got now? It used to be the excuse, no dorms. So they've got enough. Oh, there's a lot of dorms. I mean, not... And campus housing, off campus. Wright State still (laughs) commuter school lets... So is University of Cincinnati, for that matter. They do all right. 30% 30 of the students at Wright State, when I went there, lived on campus. I was one of them for a couple years. I mean, I know it's not just the students, but I want to see more students go to the games. You get in for free. There's a disconnect. What about the alumni? Um, you have to belong to the alumni association, and then I think you get. But there's still a ton of alumni in town. Do you know what's sad? What for the money I pay at UD for Mm -hmm. my tickets, I could buy twenty tickets to Wright State. I mean, you get your own row. Yeah. You know what I think would help Wright State would be a couple of Cinderella years. That's gonna. They're gonna have to get to the NCAA. Yeah, where they get to the NCAA and they shock everybody and win first or first or second round games. That's what built you. Then they'd start to be relevant because they're going to be a fourteen or thirteen seed, and it's going to take that win the conference tournament at least become relevant somewhat. I remember everybody loves a winner. I remember being a kid when UD went to the NITs and won them with Blackburn and those guys. This whole town went crazy. Hell, they went to the Elite Eight, they, and the town stopped. Yeah. I always love stopping and looking at the plaque, going down to the court, working at UD, just reading the Blackburn story. It's just That's a guy that's not well-known because a lot of people are now oh younger. Was, they don't know how successful that man really was. Blackburn? Yep. Yeah. He started out over in Xenia. That's where he was. My greatest right. memory is being a kid, sneaking in the, sneaking in the field house and watching – the two freshman team played with Blackburn and Adolph Rupp was there. Uh, Issa was on that team, a bunch of UD players, and I got to sit and talk to Adolph Rupp for 20 minutes. I didn't know who he was, and they ran me out of there that Mike day. Mike Pratt would have been there probably. Mike Pratt yeah. out of Dayton, February. Was it Meridale or February? He was Meridale. 
About what year would that have been, John? Oh, God, let's see. I had to be early 60s. So you wow. you might have seen Finkel there at the I, time. And... L- l- this sounds bad. I used to go dating boys club. Come out to boys club, you swam naked in the pool. I swam with Finkel, Waterman, and Terrain. I'd go over to Kennedy Union. I played pool with Waterman, Moraine, and Finkel. I rebounded on the outside courts for them when I was a kid. So that's where I fell in love with UD. My mom worked at a club here in Dayton. She bought me a signed ball from the Hatton Brothers and Gary Rogenberg. So that's how I got hooked. Hopefully, Rice did eventually. We'll get the same following. They should. I hope. I mean, they should. You've been around 50, 60 years now. That's a lot of alumni. Like you said, that. Both Dayton and Wright State have their places in town. They are good D1 but schools. It's going to take, it's, it's take some surprising years mm-hmm. for that and talk I, to really fire And up. I am tired yeah. of hearing that only thing that goes to UD is old fogies. You would not believe the young kids that are filling that place now. That's where Red's, the tickets are going out. Red Scare is a treat to watch. And the, seeing and them the, in pilot jerseys and everything. And this cool. arena, when it gets done, I'm telling you guys. The sound system there is amazing. Well, it needs a PA announcer. And you'll—I'll make I, sure I, you get tickets once. I, I, I PA, <laughs> IPA announce for some things. They need a new one. What are we on about two hours? Um, hour forty-four. Now, actually, so that's about plenty. Uh, we'll count off the fifteen minutes for uh, the commissioner not being here. That's that he true. would have taken. That He'd still be preaching. And on. then if Caruso had been here, that would have been, another, would have been another fifteen minutes to a half an hour. So. Well, I'm sorry for not being here last night. We had the potential hey, for a four-hour show. But I'm oh, glad, I, I we could fill up four without a question. We're, we're glad that you're here. And we got Comrade Ortez, Big E, Mark, and myself. There is one more thing I wanted to ask, but I think I'm going to uh, do it with this. Have you guys been listening to my podcast? I tried to get the one last week, and for some reason I couldn't get it to open. Maybe you can give me a tip on that. I don't know. You just clicked it from Mark's profile when he shared it? Yes. What were you and on? I did it on my phone. So phone? maybe if I try it on my PC. <laughs> well, I tried my phone and couldn't get either, but I got it on my PC. On your PC, you got that. Yeah, yeah okay. PC is probably the easier thing. Um, do you have TuneIn on your phone? Do you have any app like that? No. Go on your phone and, yeah. and put some apps on there. It would help. I, I can I can help you with that after this. Let me ask this. Uh, because this podcast has been growing. I mean, recently I hit 100 subscribers. And with all the services, I announce everything. You know, there's a lot of ways for people to listen. Like I said, you have the iHeartRadio app. You can search... You have to search Gem in the Queen's Crown because when I got the category for it, it was misspelled. It's the Gem on the Queen's Crown, not Gem in the Queen's Crown. <laughs> uh, but out of a podcast, what do you guys want to hear when I grow this podcast? For me, I think what we're doing now is what people, that's what helped our show grow, mm-hmm. was people want to hear themselves. People talk about sports. But they also yeah. want to hear... Now, people will go, John's friends will listen to him. Ed's friends will listen to this one. The people that are on, it's like snowballs. They want to hear themselves on air. And I have a son dying to come on. I mean. I got a list. I know you got a a list. And that's why I say originally, that's where the shows that are trying to be shows now in town fail. 
There's no local connection to them. But I can't, no un- I can't understand how the beings in this town don't realize this. Are they deaf and dumb? The shows are I about just, the callers and the listeners. That's what yeah. makes the show. I had to pay for XM radio to get a halfway decent sports. I listened to XM radio to get halfway decent. I actually hear more about what's going on here on XM radio than I do in local if channels. I want to listen to national, I'll turn ESPN or Fox on. People want local stuff. They want to hear themselves. They want to hear themselves opinions. They want to be able to express their opinions, and that's where this town has really struck out again. I don't know about you, Mark. The ESPN is on the way down to the bottom. The ESPN is unlistenable to. I'm tired of the emojis and all of this. I could care less about emoji or some of the things they put on there or their internet. You know, this comes from this and that and. Somebody telling their opinion, that's the way it is, or a screamer like Stephen Smith or or the the uh uh what's his name? Russo's uh, the guy that man dog the, the son, the guy from Notre Dame. Oh, Golic. The Golic, you know, Golic's on there. The female on everything. I've got nothing against females. Nothing whatsoever if they know their sports. And there's a lot of them out there no more than I know. But why does every show have to have a female? Politically correct. Eye candy. I don't want to talk eye candy in sports. We, we, we better get used to it. Females have a voice now, and they're going to have in the future. So we we just instead of fighting it, it's not going to go away. I don't mind it. Better get used if to they it. Know if they know, if they if they are knowledgeable, I can do it. I agree. If they're knowledgeable, I listen to them. I used to love the fabulous sports babe because she knew about sports, and what she didn't know, she learned. The one girl was on ESPN all those years. Linda Cohn's okay. She's gotten, you know, gotten better. But the new ones. Now the the, the Heather, whatever her name is, on, on the Stanich? football on the football playoffs, she knows. She goes and finds out things. Her I like, but the one that's on with uh, uh, Cowherd. I don't watch Cowherd. So. She's ridiculous. Lee, can I steal your show for just a minute? Fire away. Just a minute. Here's, here's no, no, you, run, you, oh. you take care of that. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. Go, I've go. got some questions that I wanted to ask sure, everybody. Just for, okay, who wins? Who wins the football championship? College football championship. Clemson. Who plays? Who plays in it? And who wins it? Clemson plays Oklahoma, and Clemson wins. Mark Oklahoma is a top flavor, and I hate to say it, Alabama's going to win it, but I think they will. They got to get past Clemson first. Ugh. That's a very tough question. I'm, you know what? I'm trying to think who's the fourth team. I know there's Clemson, Alabama, Georgia. 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 Um, I'll pick Oklahoma. Screw it. I go. I go with Lee. I Oklahoma. think the Baker Mayfield Heisman Jinx is going to take over. I I have a gut feeling too, but I there's just, just Alabama. Nobody like, wanted in. Watch my last see. my last question: Who plays in the AFC Championship? I know two teams are won. the NFC championship. Bear in mind, in the wow. NFC, Wentz is done. they lost their quarterback last night wow. or yesterday. From what I read, it's just a sprain yeah, well. on Twitter this morning, which I don't know. I mean, I follow. Now, he you know. could be healthy by <laughs> six weeks. 
Because yeah. they're already clinched. I have no idea, but I'll tell you what. If there's a chance for New England and Pittsburgh getting there, they're going to find a way for them to get in there. Yeah, they're going to play each other this week. so That's That's gonna, That'll be, be a good game, and that could be a rematch game too, grudge game. Well, I wrote it this morning in Philadelphia was the main gist. You're one injury away from going from the top out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, God, I hate to see New England and Pittsburgh in the AFC, but it's sure going that direction. Yeah, um, they'll NFC, make sure it goes that direction. Rams and Vikings are playing very well. The problem is mm-hmm. with the Vikings, I'm still waiting for the real Case Keenum to show up. I'm happy as heck for him. I'm glad he's doing what he's doing. I'm just afraid if he throws a couple bad picks, you're going to get Bridgewater back in there way too soon. He's not ready. The Rams, I just, I don't, I still think they're a year away. It's, oh, that's, oh, man, that's hard. It is really That's hard. That's hard. Vikings I mean, would probably – the Eagles would have been the pick if Wentz is healthy. Nick Foles mm-hmm. is not going to take him to the promised land. Um, well, he's a lot better than Tom it's Savage. It's hard to bet against the Patriots right now. I hate to say that. <coughs> Jacksonville could be a dark horse because they can play defense. I think it's going to be Pittsburgh and Seattle to play in the Super Bowl. Seattle got to get in first. They'll get in. Pittsburgh would be that's a team. That's a team I would agree with you that nobody's really paying attention to. Mm. Kansas City's another one if they could get back on a roll. They went to sleep. They yeah. went to deep sleep. Yeah. <laughs> Jacksonville, if Bortles can be a quarterback, defensively they could cause trouble. Just to update what I said earlier, Carson Wentz is out for the year with torn ACL. I read it was an MCL sprain. I thought I had read that this morning. Like a couple hours, Nick Foles, like 10. Come on down. Well... Well, AFC is easy. I'm I'm thinking New England over Pittsburgh. I I feel, I know it's hard to count Big Ben. It depends where the game's going to be played. If it's in Pittsburgh, it it all depends what the refs decide. Well, those Uh, are the two teams going to get a lot of the calls. Pittsburgh just seems like they know how to win, and so does New England. But if you touch Brady, watch the calls change, especially if it's in New England. So AFC, I pick Patriots. NFC, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I like this game this week's for home field, probably. Yeah. In all reality, I feel Nick Foles will do serviceable for the Eagles. Not Wentz numbers, but he'll keep the other he'll... team in the game. Yeah, it'll be close. I don't know. Well, thanks With for Wentz... let, thanks for letting me start that conversation. No, that's all right. It's, that's perfectly fine. Well, we will do a lot more of these. I said I've got yeah. a list of people, and but to answer your original question, I think this is a good avenue, a good vehicle to get your brand out there. Because I mean, the more people that are on it, the more people are going to listen to it, and, and it, it snowballs. It spreads out like that, yeah. So I know we're going to do another roundtable soon. I know it. i got enough people wanting to do them. Like he said, his son is dying to do one. Well, okay. I, I want to thank you guys for being this. I hope I didn't embarrass myself, but really, if I did, I don't care. I was going to say, what do you care for? I don't care. That's me. It is It, it is what you get. Maybe or test. Hey, I could pick you guys' brain for another hour. I mean, That's Slim Pickens, bro. I was going to say. <laughs> just hearing what, we could talk. That bird's empty, baby. We could talk sports another three hours. And, and that's what I miss that guys that know what they're talking about. You can listen to Wing and listen to the talking head that tells you his opinion. That's the only one. You can turn the national shows on with what is that one guy, uh, uh, Spanish guy with his dad? Oh God, Lebeturd. Listen to that. You listen to Cowherd tell you what he knows. He'll tell you what he knows. Then you can turn to Feinberg and listen to those Alabama fans. You know, but this is what we miss in this town. 
we it's, talked about before, and I think this we have the perfect sports city. Mm-hmm. We're not locked yeah. into Ohio State, Kentucky, Cincinnati. We've got them all. This is a sports city. We talk about sports. It's not about being having to be right. No. You give your opinion, you know, and you don't have to be right. You, you enjoy hearing other opinions, too. And, and that's we, what was good about yeah, the show. Absolutely. And we, and we could cuss each other and hate each other and block each other for one day. Two days later, we're back on there. We have blocked guys off that don't seem to want to stop doing things. Poor Mark gets more than anybody ever seen. I know for a fact his phone going off at 3, 4 o'clock in the morning because I've been with him when it's happened. The he, funny part to me is you could have two people. <coughs> he likes Ohio State. The other guy doesn't like Ohio State, but then he'll turn around and they'll love each other for UD. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Wait a minute, you just yeah. killed each other yesterday. The That's, one guy that was blocked off of all of this was John Raponi. I the guy's okay. He still if you want to have hemorrhoids and a headache. He still throws off on Ohio State. John, he tells me nobody wears Ohio State gear over to UD. <laughs> you see all the time. I've seen Wright State shirts over there. And I said, John, where do you walk around at? Well, he don't. I IPA for men's soccer and baseball, and I hate to say it, but yeah, I do see my fair share of Ohio State stuff at Dayton. That's the, I think that's Ohio's. That's a school. That's I, the way it is. I think it's a little bit worse at Wright State, just because you know, going back to again, there's a lack of student pride there, type of thing. But that's me being an angry student because I went to all the games, or if I wasn't there, I was producing them in the radio station. Is there anything besides sports that creates more conversation, more anger, or more passion? I know where you're going to go, and it's against the rules. I'm not going there. (laughs) But yes, there is. And and let me tell you what. Me and Ed have double-team guys on Facebook. We have been cussed at. And been spit on by the little children. <laughs> and been threatened, but you know what? Been taken to task. Whether they like it or not, I'm going to say it the way I feel. Sports is still, there's never a dull day in sports. There's always something to talk yeah, about. Absolutely. So the is. people in town, wake up. Yeah, we need it. Give the people what they want. There's so many eyes and so many voices here in this city, and they see everything different. I mean, in sports, Brings all Sports of us is different. You're yeah. going to like it. That's why I posted hey, We've got somebody on our page that reached for every NFL team, all 32 mm-hmm. of them, all every, of them. Every college team, you know, you got soccer fans. we got kickball fans. you got wrestling <laughs> fans on there. And when they start talking wrestling <laughs> and oh, soccer. That's, that's the real stuff. And NASCAR, I shut it off. <laughs> Well, I won't. Like I won't talk sweet. kickball. Yeah, I draw the line. I draw the line at curling. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh come on, the curling. Hey, you, you, you take sweep. a broom. You take a broom sweep, and, sweep, and a canister vacuum sweeper. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Lessons downtown. I'd now. rather watch curling than go to a kickball game. The <laughs> first kickball game at, I went to uh, was my granddaughter. I suffered. You should see them when they get better. The Springfield Chiller has those curling targets too. So if you want to go out there and. You know, what do you call those curling things that they chase? Don't you know the answer? I think. What do they call the things they chase down the ice? 
What are they called? Oh, I don't even want to even go there. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. A stone. A stone. Yeah. 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 But, but yeah. You, they you look a, like they look like. Um, it looks like bocce. A, I never played. To me, it looks bocce like ball? a combination never canister. Played. I played it. I don't know what I was with, doing, but like I played it. It, lo- it looks like a tea kettle. Yeah, yeah. you just and you sweep yep. it to make sweep sure you get and hold the target. I have a hard time that being sports. You know. Do you know what I missed the most on TV? Spelling bee. Wild world of sports and barrel jumping. And Australian rules football is all on my favorites. All right. Brian Reese is trying to start up a Dayton Warhawks program up here. So what's a Dayton Warhawk? It's a Aussie football team. Oh, they're gonna try. They're gonna get the guys in the ice cream coats as the referees standing on the goalpost. Is it, is it like rugby? Oh no, it's kind of well, like yeah, rugby. You know what it is, kind of. You can tackle above the shoulders. You can tackle below the waist. You have no pads. You run and you try to kick a bladder, which is a like kind of like a bloated ball. a bloated football. You try to kick it between. Uh, Posts, and if you get it through the middle, you get six. And if you kick it through sides, it's one. Can you touch it with your hands? Yeah, you can touch oh. it. You can run. Then that's a sport. Yeah. Oh yeah, they talk. Oh, oh, it's brutal. Oh, that's oh, a sport. It's rugby, like, like roller, roller derby. Roller derby was oh, a sport. Jim's Johnny West girls. and the Blonde Bomber. Uh, I, yeah. Ralphie Balladeras. San Francisco. What were they called? San Francisco Barry oh, Bombers. Yes, it was the oh, Kansas yes. City team. It, it was a Kansas big one. City. Not the, the LAT birds. I want to say Monarchs, but that's baseball. baseball. You remember yeah. about the Kansas City team, the movie that Raquel was, Welch Was did. it the Bombers? No, it was the San Francisco no, Bay Area Bombers, Bay, Bay Bombers. The LAT birds. You remember Kansas the movie? City had a team, too. Remember the movie that Raquel Welch did about Robert Drury? Oh, yeah. I do oh remember that. Oh. I remember a lot of movies. Raquel <laughs> I've been skating a long way. So do I. But you know who I really loved at one time was Carol Baker. Who? Carol Baker. You don't look at but she was a blonde bombshell she back, been back in the with day. Sonia Heine. <laughs> no. Carol Baker. Google her and look at some of her pictures. I'm going to have to. And Ann Margaret. Oh, well, Ann I know Ma- her. Ann Margaret. She's playable. She was gorgeous. <laughs> yep. We she still looks there. pretty good. Uh, even at the her carpet age. baggers is what Carol Baker. Go back and Google her. I'd have to look that up. All I right. Mean, locally for Roller Girls, we got Cincinnati playing at the Xavier Fieldhouse. I forget what it's called. It's Schmidt like, Fieldhouse. Yeah, Schmidt Fieldhouse, yeah. Uh, there's one in Dayton, of course. They play at uh, Orbit over Jim at Huber City Heights. Roller Girls? Yep, they used Jim to City be Roller Girls. guest on the show. There's Dire Skates over in Richmond, Indiana. Dire Skates? Dire Skates. And I actually know the coach. He, wow. Uh, he's over in Eaton. So I like that, Dave. Let's go, Mark. Let's go watch it. Uh, no. You yeah. go and give me a full report. <laughs> Take Big E with you. <laughs> I'll wait for your report. Gentlemen, any final words? I gotta take a leak, so hurry up. Got anything? Again, thank you guys. I enjoyed this immensely. Thanks a lot. Boys, we'll have you back again. This 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 brings back so many great memories to get people back involved and stuff. And people have asked, John has asked many times, how do we get back where it belongs on the air? And all you can do is call the people at the stations. That's all I can tell you. I've called so much. I I say it won't do you any good, but. I've called. I've, I've called, sent emails, everything. They're deaf here, but anyway. I've tried applying for jobs over there, too, so at all three stations. But that's not the point. It's bad when the fire truck's going back into the firehouse with the sirens going. <laughs> that's a bad sign. <laughs> they got to go to the bathroom. Some bad cooking. <laughs> so do I. <laughs> Episodes, all right, Lee. Episode Thanks, 17 of the Gem on the Queen's Crown is now complete. Before I wrap up this episode, two hours in. I do want to mention the final scores of the state football finals. I didn't do that last week like I thought I was going to. i got to find them again. Good thing I can edit this. 
Edit, 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 edit. Ah. Here we go. For the state finals, Winton Woods fell in the Division II title game to Archbishop Hoban, 42-14. Minster won the Division Seven title, 32-7 over Cuyahoga Heights. Trotwood Madison won the D3 title over Dresden Tri-Valley, 27-19. Clinton Massey fell in the D4 tile game to Steubenville, 50-36. to And lastly, the Flyers of Marion Local defeated Kirkland, 34-11 to for the D6 tile. And that will wrap up episode number 17. Just a friendly reminder, if you haven't seen it on the Facebook page, there's a new Twitter account for the podcast. It's Gem on Queen Crown. I couldn't fit all the characters in to the username, but Gem on Queen Crown is... Where you go on Twitter, also like the Facebook page, and listen to this on iTunes and your favorite podcasting app on the iOS system. Also on Google Play, tune in, the iHeartRadio app, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, StreamPod.net, and the two new additions for this week, CastBox and Podbean. And also, you can get email updates at theleewmallon.com slash podcast. Episode number 17, in the books. Thanks for listening to The Gem on the Queen's Crown. Don't forget to like the Facebook page, The Gem on the Queen's Crown. Follow the podcaster, The Lee W. Mowen, on Twitter and Instagram. Also, visit www.theleewmowen.com and www.gemcitysports.com.